3: Welcome, fellow Wizards of Joy, to the IGA Lunch Hour! It is an unstructured, open forum where we sit down to eat together and chat with members of the Indie Game Academy community. We cover how to start indie game studios, as well as video game design, development, and more.
4: This is an unedited recording of our weekly event. We host on Discord on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, so feel free to swing by and join for the next one.
3: I'm your co-host, Willem Dalventhal, headmaster of IGA.
4: And I'm your co-host, David Doan, Assistant Headmaster of IGA.
3: And so, what is everyone eating today, Gwen and John? Ripping up sweet potato pie. Ooh! Ooh. <laughs> That's quite the extravagant lunch. I had a big breakfast this morning and a little bit late, so I'm just having apples and peanut butter.
5: Uh, just
4: tea right now. Ah. Yeah. I'm on coffee I did, I did serial earlier because it's uh, earlier in my time zone.
3: <laughs> yeah, indeed. It's 9 o'clock for David right now. He's the real, he's the real dedicated half of this show. <laughs> so, uh, Gwen, especially since we're recording now, you were just talking a little bit about your prototypes. I wondered if you could describe um, you know, what the plan was and what you guys are actually building, how far you've come, etc.,
5: Well, they're both uh, narrative-based resource management games where you get asked to make choices, and the choices you made will um, increase or decrease your morale or your health or things like that. And um, currently, the prototype is just a choice tree. It doesn't currently track the variables yet, but you can make the decisions, and it tells you what's going to happen um, when you make the decisions.
3: Super interesting. Yeah, that's... That's a, um, you know, we talked about that in class together, but that is a, a like hot tip for anybody who's trying to make prototypes when you're working on your own time and you have a, you know, longer time budget than we allow an IGA level three, which is just three months to build a game. Um, you can spend more time to actually make functional variables or whatever else. But, uh, you know, the, the, the goal, as we all know, but for anybody who might be listening to this, the goal of a uh, prototype is always to prove a concept. Uh, in the most efficient way possible. Because if it takes you a long time to make a sleek, sexy prototype, then you might as well have just been building the real game. The point of a prototype is, you know, to prove that something is valid and interesting. So, Gwen, it sounds like what you're doing is, instead of having, you know, saved states of various variables, which I would love to hear about what those are, you're just kind of telling the player that they, like, got coins or whatever?
5: Yeah, exactly. Mm
3: Mm-hmm yeah that's I mean I think that's a real way to do it
4: yeah that's a good way to do a prototype because it's it's fast and functional
3: mm-hmm. and you'll still be able to get some of the sort of emotional test from the player can you tell us I about know
5: people well enough that I know that if you tell them oh you lost 10 gold they will go oh no 10 gold, even if there's literally nothing keeping track
3: of how much gold have. (laughs) Absolutely. We actually, uh, so Tailmore, uh, which we've talked a little bit about before, that's the, um, sort of, uh, half video, half board game, uh, where you are exploring a dungeon. In our very first public user test, we did exactly that, actually, now that I think about it. There was no tracking of how much Mm -hmm. money or experience you had, but at the end of the scenario, we told you that you got 100 gold and 100 experience points, and we still got a little bit of a reaction. People would be like, ooh, cool, can I buy stuff in the future? You know, and that's how we knew <laughs> it was valid. <laughs> can you tell me about these prototypes? What are the two games that you guys are working on?
5: Um, The one is called What the Sea Wants, and it's a horror game. You're on a pirate ship. It's been infected by a mysterious illness. It's spreading amongst the crew. You have to get back to harbor before everyone dies. Is it COVID-19? And the other one is called... It is not COVID nineteen. <laughs> uh, is, it is a creepy fungus that's growing over the ship. Ah. And the um, other one is called Moon Retirement. It's a comedy game. You are running a, a lunar orbital base, and you have to make it the last, you know, two hundred days to retirement without like going crazy and <laughs> managing all your, um, you know, uh, crew squabbles and uh, all those things like. That-
3: that's awesome. Do you have a gut reaction on which of the two you think is the most like viable?
5: They're both very viable because they have functionally the same core loop, mm-hmm. which is we can build the same code base and then just reskin it, which with uh, whichever game we end up deciding to do, which is uh, I think pretty much what we're building right now.
3: Very efficient oh, use that's, of time.
6: Uh, that's quite a useful one, since. Uh... For our team, we have like various uh, diverging ideas that require slightly diverse code bases. Mm-hmm. Like, one is a planetoid shapers based on a Trevor's idea,
0: mm-hmm. which is, oh, is no.
6: a Kirk's luminescence, which involves like a maze sort of collection with more gimmicks to do to navigate the maze. The main gimmick is the uh, light changing intensity, the intensity mm-hmm. switcher. And uh, I implemented both of them straight from their paper prototypes and they are functional. Nice. And, and basically from my experience in prototyping, the importance of reusing code, copy and paste, code from here to there. It's an excellent way to do it, and also use use GitHub <laughs> as I posted several times to encourage to make their repository. And with GitHub Desktop, it becomes much easier for anyone to commit those changes. Yeah, and I also. Trevor and I yesterday went over GitHub together, and the most useful feature of GitHub is to create issues, where put <laughs> them in category assigned who does what. Oh, I see. That will come very handy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, GitHub is a tremendous collaboration tool. When you, when you said create issues, I thought you meant like GitHub's primary value is that it makes more problems for you. <laughs> <laughs> but i i understand what you mean now uh welcome chase uh just to warn you we are recording this episode we may be putting this up onto a podcast we're hoping we can consistently do that but uh hi welcome he's not there <laughs> hi Chase. hopefully you're listening Huh? i see you unmuted we can't hear you if you're talking although i'm i'm sure you're saying wonderful things Uh, so I, um, the process that, you know, we go through at IGA, this prototyping process, I wondered if one of the two of you, Gwen or John or Chase, if you could figure out your audio, um, would like to talk about, you know, why, or, or I guess like how you will use this going forward. Do you think you're going to be including prototyping and the way that we've done it the concept funnel, um, or the stage gate model, if you'll include that in your own projects moving forward?
6: Well, uh, I'll likely say that when we do move forward with a game prototype, it's like if it involves more gimmicks, then we'll have to test small things, and that they have to work independently without breaking the main core game loop. Like, luminescence involves more mechanics on top of it, that means more core loops to consider, whereas the, whereas the, uh, planetoid shaper has a single core loop and goal, which makes it very easy and the only features that we have to worry is like only adding stuff that ties in the core loop. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
6: It's like if it if we base it on uh efficiency and expansion then uh planetoid then planetoid uh, shapers would be the winner going forward but if there's potential to make it a Good enough game, mm-hmm. but the content is small. Then mm-hmm. luminescence would, we would have to go forward that while uh, trying to split up the programming work amongst a few colleagues.
3: Gotcha. Well, that's great. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and in fact, that video that we watched from the game maker's toolkit, um, the the one thing that fresh developers don't do, their one mistake, I think, is what he called it, um, is just not prototyping, mm-hmm. not testing out concepts. This is such a simple thing that you can do early on. Just spend a little bit of time, you know, dedicate 20 percent of your total time box to just like testing or your even game concepts.
6: Even small ideas in yeah. production and integrate it back.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Test out, you know, is this a this new way of doing a menu that we're thinking about? Is that worth doing? Let me build a quick prototype just to test and see if people understand it better as a result. Totally, totally reasonable.
0: Um.
3: So I guess does does anybody have any questions that you guys? Want answered?
5: Why are people using GitHub versus uh, Unity Collaborate? You know, <laughs> the pros and cons of those two tools.
3: Yeah, that's a good one. I I am not sure how far they have come with Unity Collaborate. So um, you know, maybe maybe progress has been made. But I tried Unity Collaborate myself on a contracting job that I did. Um, How long ago was that now? I guess three years or so. And it made me pull my hair out. (laughs) Um, I I think it's just like, you know, it's them doing some horizontal movement as a business, trying to take over a couple of other business models, which is, you know, all businesses kind of do that. But I just don't think they did a very good job of it versus GitHub is dedicated to making like a really, you know, excellent Git experience. And they've been doing it about as long as anybody has. Um, So GitHub is just like flawless and Unity Collaborate is kind of meh. Um, I don't know if you have other thoughts on I'm that, David. I'm sure
6: that the uh, Collaborate tools are slightly improved by now, but the other thing that really sets us back is the price point if you add more than three members.
3: On Unity Collaborate? Oh, they... I didn't
5: realize that.
3: Yeah, there's I...
5: hmm.
6: a price subscription price if you add more than three members on a, on a game project. That's well, there you go. Really... And yeah, also... <laughs> And also one thing, if you're going to use the Git for Unity, (coughs) it's important that you get, that you look up Git Ignore Unity, and there's a common template to use for the Git Ignore. And you slightly modify the Git Ignore so that you can use it on Unity projects. That way you can avoid an excessive boatload of irrelevant data
3: That is a really good secret point. I have long considered if we need to have a dedicated section talking about GitHub in IGA Level 3. Um, And as of right now, there is no dedicated section, but GitHub is a whole bag of worms. And a gitignore is one of those things that, like, no one tells you at first. And you're like, every single time I push, I have to push a thousand files. And then the minute you add a gitignore, it's so much better.
6: (laughs) Of course. And that's what uh, that's what we, Team Rogue, will discuss today.
3: That's awesome for
6: our open session meeting, so that everyone gets caught up with Unity long-term support version mm-hmm. and the GitHub. There is a GitHub Desktop, which makes the common features of push, pull, commit very easy for the end user. Yeah. I did work, I am working with command line uh, Git a lot in my full time job. Mm -hmm. So at least it's down to repetition of the commands. Yeah. It's great that there's a desktop version of GitHub that works as smooth as the command line equivalent.
3: (laughs) Although the command line does make you feel like you're in the matrix, doesn't it? Barely. (laughs) That's great. Uh, anybody else have questions about Git, about game design, about game development, or anything like that people have learned recently that they think was interesting?
5: Okay. We're on Unity Collaborate, and we'll see if we live to regret that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
3: I don't know if it's as bad as it once was. Uh, And, you know, part of me feeling like it was bad is probably just because I was used to Git, GitHub. Um... But yeah, I definitely, at the time, uh, you will, so ninety ninety five 95% of the time with Git, everything will be great and it will be magic and it will do so much amazing stuff for you. But that 5% of the time, awful things happen, like crazy things.
4: <laughs> um, and they're the, really, we, yeah. Like in the very final like week of uh, Alien Age, there was some like GitHub glitch conflict where like basically dan lost like Mm -hmm. three or four days worth of work yeah changes to like especially to the ui that he then had to redo because he just couldn't recover it yep yeah like the rest of the time that didn't happen of course it happened like the last week (laughs)
3: <laughs> that's miserable.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really
3: is. Like I said, most of the time, Git is amazing. I mean, all of the time, Git is amazing. It really is like magical wizardry. Um, but that that 5% of the time where you do run into a problem, um, it's really nice to have a tool set that, uh, you know, a Git editor, a Git client that has enough tools to figure out the majority of those problems. Um, and at least with Collaborate, when I was using it, and once again, this was three years ago, it didn't feel like it had those tools. Um, I actually personally use Sourcetree, which is free, although you do need to sign up for an account, which is always a little bit annoying. Um, It is, I think, not as user-friendly as GitHub's local client, but it has a little bit more under the hood so you can play around with errors and conflicts and stuff. Um, I've got a question from Chase here. Uh, Chase's audio is not working, but he is texting us stuff. Uh, so he says, there seems to be a lot of conversation about the Unity engine. I was curious what the benefits are when using Unity as compared to other similar engines, or is it entirely up to preference? This is a topic I kind of understand. Each engine has their own pros and cons, but I wanted to know if there are some aspects that maybe aren't as well known. Great question. And this is definitely one that we get asked and consider a lot. Um, have you, uh, David, have you always used the Unity engine?
4: Um, no. Um, no. So, going back to like school days, uh, the very first game we made was actually in a long dead program now called uh, Director X. Oh, I don't, I don't even know recommend. that one. <laughs> yeah, it was like some like other Adobe product, kind of meant to be like uh, similar to Flash, but yeah. somehow worse. Um, my second year, we used an engine, uh, an open source engine called. Uh, Cube? cube root something like that mm. it was like a german engine but like it basically like was like an out of the box like first person shooter engine where yeah, you yeah, could yeah. also use like cubes to make your own levels oh interesting um and basically you could just like swap out assets and textures really easily so like for like a student project where we only have like two months that was great mm-hmm. uh my final year we did use unity But then actually for the game we released on Steam, because it was an adventure game, we used Adventure Game Studio, Mm -hmm. uh, which is just like, it's obviously just custom built for adventure games specifically.
3: Interesting. Yeah, did you, do you have any preference at this point, given that you have um, used those ones after using those
4: ones? I mean, I think, uh, I think a lot of it just depends on like the skills you have on your team and what you're making
0: mm-hmm.
4: like cube was great for us because we just didn't we we didn't have a lot of engineering people handy so like having most of the work basically already done was mm-hmm. great um and like that way we could also churn out a bunch of levels very easily because it was just like all right let's just place stuff here and there and like yeah. put on textures um Adventure Game Studio was great because obviously, like, I think in total we had, like, 1,400 lines of dialogue in our wow. Adventure Game. And Adventure Game Studio has, like, custom, like, designed tools for, mm-hmm. like, conversation trees and, like, dialogue management and all of that stuff. So, like, it was just, it was the right tool for that job. Right. Um. So, so our team should probably be looking into that tool, shouldn't we? Potentially. Um I mean, I'm not sure how active adventure game studio stuff is anymore. Um,
3: yeah, I think. But th- here,
4: uh, I will, I will share a quick link to it in uh, general.
3: Yeah, and, and for okay. those who those who are listening, uh, you know, come by to the actual Discord so you can get those links in real time. <laughs> um, yeah. My, so my thoughts on this one: the reason that um, the reason that the Indie Game Academy exclusively uses Unity at this point. Uh, is largely just because of accessibility of Unity. Um, so I've said this stat before, and, I, and uh, for anyone who, who already knows it, you know, you'll know be hearing it again, but it, it really is a pretty impressive stat. Uh, 60% of new games. I'm not talking mobile, I'm not talking Switch, I'm not talking Xbox. New games, all games are built in Unity. Uh, and the leading competitor is Unreal Engine, which is at about 15%. So there are... Yeah, I'm
6: not surprised since uh, Unity is nice and lightweight enough.
3: It actually... Yeah, it's... Unity
4: is compatible with almost every store and everything. The thing is, uh, we actually looked into releasing our game on Unreal, and Unreal is still curated. You have to get approved by Mm -hmm. Epic to be on their store. Yeah. Like, you can put Unreal games on other stores, but if you want to be on the actual... Epic store, you have to get Epic to say yes.
3: Which is interesting. That's sort of a different business model for them trying to compete with Unity. Um, but, but regardless, the reason that that matters the most is because then you get the most support. Um, if you copy and paste an exact problem, and you have no idea what the problem is actually saying, a, a bug or whatever, onto Google, you will find someone who has done it 15 times and will tell you exactly how to do it. Um, and that's the big reason to use Unity in my mind at this point. Um, I actually think that some of what unreal is doing right now is super fascinating. Like they're trying to pivot into movies. I'm I'm sure a lot of you have heard about how, uh, the Mandalorian actually used unreal engine to render their backgrounds and a lot of their shots, which is like crazy. Um, like they did it in real time. It wasn't some sort of post CGI effect. Um, but, uh, I haven't messed around with unreal engine recently enough to say, to change my opinions on the two, but Having messed around with it uh, in the past couple of years, I still prefer Unity, um, although I'm sure there's a large amount of bias there because I've just used it so much. It really is like, um, it just supports a lot. You can, I mean, you build one game in Unity and there's still a fair amount of translation and individual bugs you'll get per platform but you can export to freaking anything in unity and then there are packages for everything else you can find a package that gives you an adventure game in the asset store you can find a package this is actually a thing do you guys remember the ti84 calculator you can export your game for the ti84 calculator guys because <laughs> why not i'm waiting for the iga to who does that
4: been. what's that do they still make kids buy those
3: i think they do yeah it's a racket. <laughs> TI-84
6: is a small square screen.
3: Yeah, and it has no color, and it only... I don't know what the resolution is, but low.
4: <laughs> Although, saying that, I just spent like $300 on a Playdate, which is basically this.
7: <laughs> Me too! <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> the Playdate is super interesting. Although Sorry, we, I've got a mouthful of Apple. Playdate is like custom-built-to-be-a-game thing. Like, yeah. the, the calculator was always just like, this is what we do in math class with the board. Yeah. <laughs> I remember
3: so much of, um, so many of my classes were just playing that one. Do you guys remember that one game where like you were a little dude who picked up blocks and put them in different places to? Like... Oh, the
5: block! Uh... Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> best game ever.
4: Should <laughs> do a TI eighty four game jam. That would be really cool. <laughs> Holy shit! Although I wonder, I Nobody don't think have any ever... calculators anymore. Yeah,
3: I don't know if I have mine. I might actually back in Georgia in our, we have a storage unit over there. I think I do have it. (laughs) That would be hilarious.
5: Kids still have them because they're not allowed to just use their phones in math class. Yeah. So they still have to buy this like $300 20 year old calculator just to graph you know sine waves and stuff which is
3: insane like the ti-84 is really impressive like the the stat i heard this is way back in the day these days that doesn't matter but uh the amount of processing power that the entire nasa team used to send the first lander to the moon was a was less than uh what a ti-84 is capable of a single ti-84 that sounds maybe impressive, except that these days, a smartphone is like 20,000 more higher, I don't know what the actual measurement would be, but, you know, more powerful of a processor than a TI-84 is. It really is silly. Anyway, <laughs> we're off topic a little bit. Anyway, have more questions about game design, game development, starting indie studios, publishing games, releasing stuff.
6: So, uh, what so if you are gonna go solo, yeah. and I'm gonna ask again for this podcast, and, uh, how is? What are some benefits of running your own uh, limited liability company? Of mm. going solo?
3: Yeah. So I want to be very clear. I didn't say this last time. I will be careful to always say this. These are my opinions. This is not legal advice. So you should talk to a lawyer. <laughs> However, um, in my experience and my understanding, the absolute biggest thing is legal protection. So technically, when somebody, hey Andy, what's up? Um, Sorry, I'm late. No problem. Uh, so technically, if somebody were to be playing your game and s- somehow injures themselves, it, it it we are we are less liable than a lot of like hardware companies, for instance, because it would be pretty hard to be able to prove that somehow a video game made you break your leg or something. But you know, theoretically, that's possible. Well,
5: there's the whole there's the whole Pokemon Go walked into yeah. traffic. Actually, uh, that is a great a example. They have big, yes, they have that splash screen when the game loads of like. Seriously, don't walk into traffic Yes. You're
3: playing this game. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's real. Like, you do actually have to care about that. So, so let's say that happens. Someone's playing your, like, amazing mobile game, John, and they walk out into traffic and manage to break their leg. Um, technically, they can sue you. So if you are a, what, what's called a sole proprietor, which is basically, like, no legal protection, you're just releasing games by yourself. If they sue you, the money they can take from you, if they win is your money whatever you have in your bank account etc if you have an llc they can only take what the llc owns and they cannot take anything from you so the llc will have its own bank account for instance and its own assets um so it is a, a layer of defense against the crazy ridiculous nature of our legal system at this point point. and once again that's just my opinion and my understanding not legal advice <laughs> Uh, I think
8: I got this working. What's <laughs> that? Oh, hey! What's up, Chase? I think I got it working.
3: That's good. We can hear you. Welcome. Okay. Anybody else have questions? Oh, yeah, go ahead.
8: Since it's the moral of the story, based on what I heard, don't make mobile games. <laughs> well, that can happen with thing. any
3: product. I mean, so it's for 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 some for an example, actually, um, when I was working on Mew and Me, those are the video games for cats, Uh, An avenue that we were exploring for revenue generation was giving dedicated Mew and Me tablets to cat cafes. Um, And we had to write up, we, we had to spend like two grand. It was not cheap. We had to write up a pretty thorough end user license agreement for those cat cafes that basically said, if we somehow injure a cat, we're not liable. Uh, because the lawyers I'm sitting there and I'm like, what? Like we need this. And the lawyers are like, yeah. Like what if the cat pees on the charging cable? And I'm like, wow. Okay. I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know, tactically. tactically it could happen. Yeah. And, and so I, I recommend once again, not legal advice. just to be very clear. I, I don't think you need a legal entity until you're actually starting to interact with a significant number of users and a significant amount of money. Um, and by significant, I mean, you know, a couple, uh, couple hundred monthly users, um, maybe even a little bit more than that. You know, I, I don't think it's, it costs you a reasonable amount of money to start a legal entity, including an LLC. In California, it's 800 bucks, um, but it does protect you. So, so the minute you're starting to feel like, ooh, maybe I'm in some sketchy territory, you should start one. Not legal advice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any other questions? Or what are people working on? I would love to just hear some of what people's projects are right now.
8: Um, I'm working on 3D um, pixel art stuff.
3: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of those. So what what is this for? Is this just like you're kind of turning away, or are you working with somebody right now? Can you tell me more about it?
8: Oh, I'm a, this is just a little solo thing. Originally, it was for a game jam, but due to other stuff, I couldn't use it for that game jam, so I've just been tinkering with it. <laughs> Okay. Where I'm just working on a, sim, a 3D game with pixel art yeah. graphics, and graphics. It's just a simple arcade experience.
3: Nice. That's great. Who are you like targeting this at? Who do you think will play this game?
8: I mean, that's kind of a hard thing to figure out <laughs> right now. <laughs> True. Because I guess if it's a really arcade-y game, mm-hmm. I guess it'd mostly just be a thing where it probably would last, like, be a long play time. So yeah. It's good to pick up and play, mm-hmm. and just, like, off and on. But I don't know a specific demographic yet.
3: Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, you know, your primary objective for this game is uh, enjoyment and learning and practice, and that's totally legit. Um, but I, I, I think another thing that indie developers will often not think about is some of the very simple business questions and I think one of the most important and one of the simplest you can ask is just who is this for? Who is the ideal user or ideal client? Um, and so if you can answer that and and validate that, do some testing, put it up in front of people, and see what they think, um, you are ten steps ahead from the typical indie developer.
7: Noam I have a game design question. Yeah, do it. the uh, The game that you posted in Discord in the general channel with the uh, yeah. from Android subreddit mm-hmm. where the some guy made a game where you're spinning a ball around, it shoots out. Yeah. Well done. Great, great little simple idea. Yeah. Um, it struck me watching that that, you know, that's the perfect kind of game that an IGA3 group mm-hmm. should aim to make. And that's precisely not the type of game that <laughs> any of us ideated. And so I guess my question is this you know, when I compare games like that and, you know, more abstract things like Tetris some i was thinking about i was reflecting on that you know some of the best games are are kind of abstract and dreamlike and mm-hmm. weird and very only can exist in the video gaming world like vvvv and things like that yeah and you know whereas the ideas i'm coming with are very like pedestrian like mm-hmm. you know oh you're a police officer oh you're uh it's the role of a supermarket clerk you know whatever mm-hmm. How, what, what do you think there's any good Way to learn or or attune oneself more to making something like that, rather than so just, making something more abstract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. To 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 be, how could one better be better put themselves in a position to come up with the Tetris mm. rather than just coming up with Grand Theft Auto, which is mm. you know, that's a great question. Um, you know, I,
4: mean, I can I can make a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. do it. One of, the, one of the things that my team was doing, um, we were looking, like, for a while, we looked at, like, old, like, um, Jacks, which is, like, an actual, like, physical game people used to play, and, like, whether or not we could create a digital version of that. Uh, we looked at, like, uh, marble sculptures which is like where you drop a marble and it does a bunch of cool stuff we were thinking like can we make that into a game Mm -hmm. like one thing that you can do is take like old real world games and think about how you can make a video game version of that Mm. because those are obviously often very very simple games um that you can then add a lot to as you want
3: Mm. i love that yeah I, i think um i think with anything uh, full immersion is sort of the way to go. So you know, David is talking about immersing yourself in these old school games that may lend to something. Um, I think that's a great way to do it. I I think just like you, you tend to like just like um, they say that writers the best thing that a writer can write is the thing that they want to read. I think it's the same thing for game developers. Like the best thing, the best game that a game developer is going to make is the game that they they want to play. Um. So by full immersion, get yourself started playing a lot of those games. Um, you know, just look up a lot of those games. And uh, um, and somebody just came to my window. That was very distracting and concerning. Uh, anyway, start playing a lot of those games and get yourself immersed in that world. And then I think like the other one that I would, well, we've all said this before. IGA does this a lot. Just do some game jams. Um, game jams are such an excellent way to force yourself into some sort of criteria for ideation that makes you come up with interesting ideas like this one we posted. Oh, cool. Thank you both. Yeah. Anybody else have like opinions on that or ideas on that? Any members of the community? Have advice for Andy? I think one other one other thing to say um, is just like, while I think wanting to make a game like that is is totally legit like heck yeah um also um whatever games you come up with uh, sort of naturally from your core are generally going to be the games that you build best if that makes sense so um trying to like force yourself into a different context than you care about um i don't know always creates the best content anyway so, like, you know, this guy maybe came up with something that looks super interesting compared to your concepts, but he might be looking at your concepts and he's like, wow, how do I come up with games like Andy does?
7: <laughs> I have a question. So I was going to say, oh, go ahead.
5: I was going to say also, like, a mechanistically high concept always feels very stylish, but hmm. it's not everything. You think about like how many platformers there are, yeah, and nobody like sees a cool new platformer and goes like, "Oh, another game where you like run <laughs> around a two D space and jump on stuff." Ah, uh, yeah, so this is just Mario <laughs> with different graphics.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, that's good. Like,
5: taking our like, well, I mean that's like ninety percent of games that get made, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, we all we all stand on the shoulders of past masters, um, but you know, they're I think you just. I think playing games is going to lead to new ideas. So, so play a lot of games, Andy. And also, you know, we all know this because we were in the lecture. But for anyone who may be listening, um, Aaron Nemoyton, one of the professors that we brought in to teach our IGA Level Three program, uh, who's a game designer at Yago Studios and has worked on another other a couple of other big uh, games. He talked about coming into game ideas under three core premises, um, uh, mechanics, premise, and story. So what is a unique mechanic I can use to come up with an idea, which I think is what you're talking about, Andy, at least with this game idea that we posted in the Discord. Um, He was like, what about a mechanic where you use circular momentum to launch a ball? Like That's where he started, probably. And maybe there was some prompt in the game jam that that caused him to come up with that idea. Um, so maybe just ruminate on Aaron's, um, top three ways to break into a game idea, mechanics, premise, and story, um, and see how you can use those to come up with something fresh. That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah. Any other questions? That's a good topic of conversation. Thanks, Andy. Um,
7: this is a silly one, but the lack of anything else coming up yeah is there any game and i'll I'll give mine you can go with yours please any game that you've played that you most wish you had been the one (laughs) with your name on it mine is portal nice one yeah and that's just because it is to me like this beautiful short which i love like four to six hours game of wit and amazing design and um, the ending just leaves left me in a state of just like wow this is just a work of art yeah and I was <laughs> I was privileged to meet some of the creators of Portal and give them my appreciation that's but great you, you go now yeah what game would you wish that you had made uh well actually, I actually I definitely
3: have one but um David I wondered if you had anything you wanted to say here are there any games that you were like, dang?
4: I think it would probably be the game that, like, ultimately, I think, inspired me to go into game development, mm-hmm. um, which would actually be uh, Black and White 2 ah. uh, by Lionhead Studios. Interesting. Um, after I played Black and White 1, I think Black and White 2 was, like, the first game where, like, I actually followed all of its development. Like, I regularly checked their website for, like, updates and new screenshots and stuff like that and, like, participated in the forums. Like, when it was coming out, like, I saved up money and got myself a new computer so that I could play it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, like, you know, I I moved to the UK for college, but part of the original reason that I was thinking about mo- living in the UK is because Lionhead Studios was there. Hmm. Um, so I would say, like, if, you know, if I had a time machine and I could go join, you know, any game development team, I would probably want to go... Pr- Go join that team.
7: It's <laughs> a great answer. That
4: is a great answer. Well, my, mine is uh, mine is Witchbrook
3: because I came up with that idea and they stole it from me. <laughs> Not actually, uh, but <laughs> um, so at the time that I at least first heard about Witchbrook, and it was kicking around before this, but at least when I first ran into it, um, my studio, the Delve Bros, were just in their ideation phase for what would eventually become Tailmore, the uh, augmented reality board game. Um, dungeon-crawling board game, but one of our top ideas, in fact, the one that performed best in market testing, best on Facebook ads, was what we called at the time, we just called it uh, Wizard Crossing where the idea was to take Animal Crossing-like gameplay and theme it with uh, Harry Potter. Basically have a wizarding school that you get to just sort of like take care of and turn into whatever you want it to be and make like a weird magical setting and like maybe do some fighting of monsters and stuff like that. Um, And we were imagining it to make it more realistic. We were imagining it uh, stylized very similarly to Stardew Valley. Uh, And then like 15 seconds after we tested that idea, uh, we saw Witchbook for the first time, which for those who don't know, is made by the people who made Stardew Valley uh, and is essentially exactly that idea. (laughs) It's Stardew Valley meets Wizards. And we were like, well, damn, I guess we're probably not building that one.
7: I take it, um, I, I personally oh. haven't heard of which book, but I'm looking yeah. at the website. I take it, it, it took off. It's a fairly popular, like, mobile game.
3: It's not actually out yet, um, but...
7: Oh, okay, okay.
3: Yeah, it's had some... It looks, it looks sharp. Yeah, it's had some really, like, promising initial uh, sort of validity tests, as we would call it. It's it's taken off and been gone viral a couple of different times, um, so I'm sure they, they have a substantial user base who are ready to eat it up once it actually comes out. Which, by the way, if if you guys aren't doing that, uh, we're going to talk about that soon in the IJA Level Three program. But for anyone who's listening, if you are building a game and expecting to release it to nobody and have people play it, um, you're going to be sad. <laughs> so start building your community as soon as possible.
5: <laughs>
3: uh, I actually. I've
5: got a game that I've got a question. that's yeah. A little bit more um, philosophical. Yeah. Um, We talk a lot about replayability. Mm. This is me coming from, like, the um, world of fiction, right? I come from books. I don't come from games. Yeah. Um, And we talk a lot about replayability. And when you talk about replayability, um, it's usually things like, you know, does a game have, like, multiple different endings? Does it have, like, a lot of different game states that you might find so mm-hmm. so something different happens yeah you know um or is it just really hooky is it um you know is it a, like a mobile game or something that's really addictive or something um sure and when I think about actually games that I have replayed that's not necessarily what their main factors were mm-hmm. right like I played Gone Home multiple times like I played Thomas Was Alone multiple times mm-hmm. Like, I, and in the book world, obviously, rereadability is a thing, but it has nothing to do with how different the experience will be each time. It's always the same. It's entirely just a, re- a book that people want to reread is one that gave them a really compelling experience and makes them want to have the same experience again.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, I can uh, answer a little part of that with passive uh, mediums. Like movies, pictures, and uh, books and writings, yeah. you could always do like sort of a critical essay analysis style, which get the view viewpoints intersect with them as stuff tied to philosophical. That goes like uh, too far into, and it's more towards like the dedicated studiers and whatnot. As for the video game part, replayability it's an active sport and video games are active mediums. For physical sports, you'll want to improve your game so you can optimize how you're going to deal with different strategies. Mm. For video games that have to design around this replayability idea is that have to be able to allow a great deal of choice so that the player can casually get through at first, but then the has to be carried around enough so that the player can notice how they can improve themselves try again until they can get as close to the highest optimal point yeah conversely yeah. when there's more replayability the dedicated audience to reach to the top gets smaller and smaller and that's the way things naturally go
3: hmm. That's really, John, I think that's really interesting. And I, this is a great question. Um, And I think that there's no, I can give you some of the hard and fast rules on how people typically engage replayability. Um, One of the, uh, so I have a book, I've mentioned this in class before, um, but once again, in case people are listening who aren't in class, um, I have a book I've been reading called Game Thinking by Amy Jo Kim, which is right in my wheelhouse. It's video games meets business, basically. Um, And she has this great line where she talks about um, like what a video game is. She says, Successful games all have something in common. Uh, excuse me. The successful games have uh, all have something in common, the intrinsic joy of skill building. If the level of challenge increases to match your evolving skill, you've got a setup for flow. Um, and I think, I think that there are a million ways that you can increase replayability. Um, John, it's interesting that you mentioned movies, for instance. I just rewatched Nausicaä of the Valley of the Wind, the Miyazaki movie. Last night, for the first time in I don't know five, six to eight years, and I cry, cried like a baby. You know, I've seen this movie a dozen times. It was a huge part of my own childhood, um, and so I know every little thing that happens. And it's still so beautiful, and I still picked up things that I didn't pick up before. Um, and I think I think some of the some of the non traditional techniques are. Just, like, making sure that there are intriguing things for you to find, um, but not forcing the player to find them. Um, Like, in a Metroidvania, one of the common techniques is foreshadowing. You'll show a missile upgrade in a place where you can't get to it to make sure the player remembers that missile upgrade, and then they go and find some new, you know, jump ability, and they're like, oh, that missile upgrade, I'm going to go get it. That's a little bit of, like, depth of play, which can lend to replayability, Um, but they're, they're, they're not necessarily forced, I guess, to find that missile, but they're still like strongly encouraged. The gameplay designer intended you to go find that missile in the very first playthrough. Um, versus I think just like giving a wealth of creating a wealth of a universe, a wealth of experience, um, in a game, uh, winds up making and delivering things that players don't find the first time through, like not expecting them to find everything the first time through, I think is part of the way that you do that. David, do you have any thoughts on replayability?
4: I mean, again, I think some of it comes down to the the genre you're making for. Um, like, I know I've, like, replayed several narrative games mm. multiple times that are not necessarily, like, about um, finding new things so much as, like, experiencing the story like a second th- time through and, like, catching a bunch of stuff I didn't catch the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, other games, like, you know, I I still play certain RTSs over again because I actually like I know them so well that I find it almost like meditative and peaceful to play them. Yeah. Um, even though, like, technically, you know, I'm having a war with AIs as I'm doing it. Um, I think I think a lot of it, a lot of it is about who your intended users are mm-hmm. and what they're into, which is just going to be very different depending on what you're making.
3: Mm-hmm. I think one more. J- One more thing to throw in, Andy, uh, not to cut you off, but one more thing to throw in is the, the humble engagement curve or difficulty curve, which we will talk about towards the end of the IJ level three program. Um, but for, for anyone who isn't familiar with that, go looking for it. Um, literally imagine like a plotted curve, something like a sine curve. I often talk about the ascending sine curve, which is a sine curve that increases its Y height over time. Um, when you create, when you, when you think of or summarize the difficulty of a video game or how much um, like excitement there is at any moment, which is what we would more call an engagement curve, um, just creating a, a straight line upwards or a linear line upwards is a pretty boring experience if it just continues to get more exciting every second for the entire gameplay time period. Um, and if instead you vary that excitement over time, you get a much more interesting in-depth experience. Um, and I think, like, simple tips like that, which will increase the engagement the first time, but also make sure that your experience is varied if you do come back to play again, um, is part of the way you build replayability as well.
7: Um, Andy, you were going to say something? I wanted to ask David, what are his favorite RTS games?
4: Oh. <laughs> um, so, like, I think Age of Empires 2 is a good staple of the whole genre. Um, I still yeah, occasionally yeah, play, like, Age of Mythology over again um i've been lately i've been messing around with some more uh recent like indie rtss i've been that have been popping up uh like the Castled and then there's uh i think it's kings and castles i've downloaded a couple of others i haven't yet yet, because i have so many games to play (laughs) um i also uh i do like uh certain city builders too like uh city skylines is a great game um, that has a lot of like the very like peaceful sort of fun elements of just like yep you're just building, yeah, um, which is nice.
3: Yeah, I think not. Not to harp on replayability too much, but I, oh, and uh, yeah, sorry. Stellaris no. is
4: also like a great like grand strategy game. Nice. Is strategy kind of your go-to? Have you David? played? A... Huh? Go and go ahead. Sorry, two people talked at the same time. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Have you played a Tooth and Tail? I
4: have it i that's one of the ones I haven't open <laughs>
5: oh that's worth that's worth playing that one is okay. extremely stripped down extremely high difficulty I thought it was fantastic
3: the, okay great the sins of our steam library I feel like we all carry that sin we all have games that we've opened for fifteen seconds or maybe just zero seconds
4: um not to yeah I'm uh, if you want a, if you want a narrative suggestion in exchange uh, yeah. have you tried oxen free hmm
5: Oh, Oxenfree is fantastic. Yeah, there you go. That I haven't played... That is an excellent story. I, have, I I thought that was one of my best, the best examples of realistic teen voice that I've seen in a game.
4: I also really love that, like, they incorporated, the way they incorporated audio as a mechanic where, like, you actually have to be listening to the audio to solve several of the puzzles because, mm. like, you have to use radios and stuff to do
5: it. Hmm. It also scared the crap out of me. <laughs> like, that was an intensely scary game.
3: <laughs> that's really cool. I haven't tried either of those. That's, uh, they sound like some suggestions. Actually, I, I think that's a great way. So we're coming towards the end of our um, of our time together um, and therefore yeah, the, the and end I've of the episode.
6: Okay, sure. And, one uh, more
3: question, John. Quick one.
6: Uh, for future Indie Game Academy sessions, Yeah. what what is your vision for indie game academy in five years
3: <laughs> john I, I thank you for asking that yeah um you asked that last time and i appreciate that now that we're recording you asked again thanks dude um yeah i love indie game academy oh my god i love it so much uh and i didn't i didn't love it i mean i always liked it but i wasn't in love with it like I am now when I first started this program and I, I feel like I fall, fall deeper in love with it and have a deeper obsession with it every day. I just love watching you guys take off. Um, so my vision for the Indie Game Academy are uh, two main things. One is I want this to be a stepping stone between sort of the educational world and the, you know, industry world. I want people to be break, to be able to break into the industry and publish games. And I want to make that as accessible a process as possible. I want anybody to be able to publish games um, and I want to be able to help people who don't know how to get started do that. Um, the the bigger, grander vision uh, is a true accelerator. Um, you know, we often say that our mission statement is empowering people to pave their own path, empowering the game creative to pave their own path. Um, so I want to be able to take somebody who has some weird idea for a game and go through a very traditional accelerator with them, give them the resources, the skills, actually remove those roadblocks or those, um, uh, you know, the, the, the things that might get in your way, roadblocks, I guess, uh, into actually publishing that video game. So I imagine what I hope for is almost the Y Combinator of video games, uh, a true startup accelerator for people in the game space, especially those trying to do interesting, unusual, unexpected things with their games um that's that's my dream what about you David do you have dreams for it five-year dreams for IGA
4: I mean similar to you like I'm hoping we we are just enabling people that want to start their own indie studios that like we help them understand like these are the steps you do it this is like how you set yourself up for success and stuff like I I started an indie studio straight out of college I no idea what i'm doing (laughs) and like in retrospect i'm like it was so obvious but obviously like (laughs) it's much easier now that i have you know several years of distance from that Mm -hmm. um if if there had been like an indie game academy for me then i think it would have drastically changed how things turned out that first time so i would i would just hope that in that iga will become that for people who are looking to do that now and i want to get
3: people money Like, I want, you know, IGA, we're called the Wizards of Joy. We're all about utilizing games for unusual, incredible, good things. We're all about the power of video games to influence, impact, change people's lives. I want all of that. But it is also a reality that we live in a capitalistic system, and it is also a reality that all of us need dollars. Um, And so I want to be able to, we're we're starting to do this, which is awesome. We have one team that we're already contracting out to somebody to build an app. We have another secret team. You guys are going to find out about that in about a week and a half. Uh, who's building a video game under our guidance, um, a, a bunch of graduates. Um, who, so we're actually sort of experimenting with being a publisher as well. Like wh- what I would dream of is that every person who leaves IGA level three, you know, is not necessarily making hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's unrealistic, but is at least getting their first, you know, partial success, their first game that makes a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars. Um, and that we have a plethora of jobs to be able to offer to you guys, the graduates, and a plethora of opportunities, you know, contracting roles, et cetera. Um, that would be just like, oh, I'd love that. (laughs) We're starting to get there. Um, but I think, oh, go ahead. Was there one more
7: statement? Yeah. Willem, before we end, what were you going to say earlier about replayability? Oh, a a finishing thought. Did I have a finishing thought?
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, uh, for replayability, so the last statement and then David and I are going to do our outro here, um, for replayability, it really is quite an art form there's a lot of tips out there um, you know one of the one of the simple ones that i can say is that you want to have sort of four splits of where this gamer is and being able to support their level of ability um, for where this gamer is their level of experience with your game so you want to be able to support per- somebody who has never played your game before you want to be able to support somebody who has a sort of introductory understanding of your game who's played for a couple of hours you want to be able to support sort of the average gamer who's put in 10 20 hours and you want to have a mastery track for the person who has spent hundreds of hours on this game. Um, so spending a moment to actually think about that, what is the person who has spent hundreds of hours on this game going to be doing, um, can, can help with replayability as well. Like just spending a moment to design a few features or something. Um, but I think, David, let's do our outro. I've got another call i got to jump on to. Uh, are, you, are you ready, David? And... Yes. All right. Well... That's going to wrap us up for the day, everybody.
4: Thank you, everyone, for showing up with your questions. And thank you for having lunch with us today.
3: If you enjoyed it, we ask that you send this podcast along to one other person and join us for the next one.
4: There are instructions on how to join our
7: Discord below.
4: Bye-bye, everybody.
7: Thank you.
3: Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for hanging out and asking questions and having a good time. Thanks, everybody. Bye, David.
4: Yeah. All right.
2: Bye. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Live from a
9: basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and 4 hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie, if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River.
5: I'm oh, funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I am
9: It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host,
1: Matthew Friedman hello everyone i'm matt friedman matt f the oracle welcome to the degenerate sports betting show brought to you by best tv and sponsored by the ftn network where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content your degenerate heart desires including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my nfl side totals and player props use the highly original promo code friedman for 20 percent off of your ftn subscription that is friedman for 20 percent off at ftn although i should say i do think that uh today for cyber monday we have another promo which is better than the Friedman promo. I think Tom, if you can look that up, I'll just I'll just bring you on. Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, Saki on the controls, Connoisseur, Pasta, Titan, Tomato Sauce, Billy Joel Junkie, and long suffering chess fan. Although now triumphant, temporarily triumphant chess fan. Uh Tom. Can you can
9: you really call it triumphant? We beat the we beat the we, we beat the Texans.
1: It's better than not beating the Texans. Although, yeah, actually, you don't know because you don't have as good a draft position. But still, we'll say temporarily it's better than losing to the Texans.
9: Uh, I'm done with care. The, the nice thing about this year's draft is that, like we're not in the hunt for the number one pick. It's not mm-hmm. like a Trevor Lawrence year. Let me tell you, I was so upset when the Jaguars only won one game that season. We went out and won two meaningless ones at the end. Like, that was just... I was just... This is peak Jets. This Even... Mm-hmm. We couldn't even suck, right?
1: Like we okay. were even
9: bad at being failures.
1: Okay. I'm I'm looking. I'm looking. Uh Tom, at some point, you can probably look through all of the different uh I've got it. You got yes.
9: it yeah. People are gonna want to use the code Cyber Monday, all one word. Cyber Monday to get 33% off on their subscriptions. And guys. Go do it now. It's for any package, FTN Bets, FTN Fantasy, FTN Daily. If you're a DFS player, it's awesome. If you're a better, it's awesome. If you're a normal fantasy player, awesome. There's so many tools here. There's stuff that helps me out with maybe not winning fantasy leagues because I'm having a terrible year. But at the very least, in terms of the betting, I mean, if you've been listening to this show, you should already know how useful those tools are. I'm literally printing money every week on prop bets now
1: because of the prop shop. Uh, Tom, great job, by the way, Uh, wanted to take us on a tangent before we get into the show. Let's say for every hundred listeners we have, how many of them do you think uh, don't know how to spell the word cyber?
9: I have faith in our listeners. Cyber is a pretty easy word.
1: Okay, so you think it's maybe only two out of the hundred who don't yeah, know how to spell I, the I, word I'd sniper?
9: Say, I'd say we're rocking in the 98th
1: percentile. Okay. All right. I, I will be the pessimist. Uh, if there were any way we could bet on this, uh, we would bet on it because it is the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. All right, Tom. Uh, good job there. Oh, I should remind everyone. Thanks for checking out the show. Subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right. It is Monday afternoon. We're going to dive into Monday Night Football uh tom i am so checked out at this point of the season that i can barely remember who is playing tonight but it is the seahawks it is the washington football team we're going to talk about that game we're also going to look at the prop market tom let's get into it what are the lines this one blows my mind a little
9: bit it opened hawks minus three and a half it's moved all the way to Pickham here in vegas uh I- talking about a lack of closing line value. I'm I'm jumping on that. I, I'm sorry. Even gimpy, weird-handed Russell Wilson, I I still feel like he's a better option, and I feel like he's one he's one more week back now. Football team's terrible. Mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke only good against the Bucks. He's serviceable, but even a Seahawks team that is this bad, I, I'm liking them in a pick'em spot.
1: Yeah. So this line has fluctuated, and and when it gets near zero. You know, the fluctuations back and forth really don't mean much, but uh as Tom, as you mentioned, started minus three and a half. It actually moved to Seahawks plus one at one point, and even this morning it was available plus one at Bet MGM, which is where I bet it now it's gone back to the other side. Seahawks are one point favorites in this game as we are recording this. Although, if you look at the odds tool that we have at FTN bets, you will see this game is a pick'em at Caesars. So if you are line shopping, looking for the best place to get on uh, to get on the Seahawks, you would do that at Caesars. If you're interested in Washington football team, plus one is available across the industry. I'm with you. I'm I'm on the Seahawks. Uh, you know Russell Wilson wasn't on the practice report at all this week. So hopefully his finger injury is no longer an issue. And to to put some context on this. Some teams are very, um, very kind of by the book when it comes to their practice reports. Like, if a guy is on the injury report when it comes to practice, he is legitimately injured, right? They will maybe have only four or five guys on their injury report in a given week. The Seahawks put everybody on the injury report, like, whatever it is, like, even the guys who are getting a veteran day off that will be marked on the injury report for practice. And so the fact that with Seattle having like literally 20 people on the injury report and Russell Wilson, not being on the injury report, that feels kind of significant as in like this finger injury is no longer an issue because if it were even the slightest issue, it seems likely that he would be on the injury report just because of the practices of the team. Uh, The Seahawks are without three of their top four running backs. Chris Carson is on IR, Rashad Penny and Travis Homer. They are also out. So maybe we see the Seahawks pass more than they have been passing recently. Uh, you know, when I was betting this as uh, the underdog position for the Seahawks, Wilson is 24-12-2 and against the spread as a regular season underdog for his career. It's a great matchup that he has going against a Washington defense that is number 31 in overall expected points added per play and drop back EPA per play. You know, if we're looking at this through the, the fantasy lens, which I understand fantasy isn't the same as reality, but in a lot of cases, there is a lot of alignment between the two. And we see that this is a great matchup in reality going against the Washington defense. That's number 31. It's a great matchup for fantasy, the best matchup in terms of fantasy for any quarterback out there. Uh, and like best matchup by like three and a half fantasy points that really I think kind of uh, signifies the extent to which this is a spot in which Russell Wilson should be able to get right he has struggled the Seahawks have struggled in their two most recent games since Russell Wilson returned after their bye week they scored zero points at Lambeau Field in week 10 just 13 points at home against the Cardinals in week 11 but this is a bounce back spot I think Wilson returned too soon from the finger injury in week 10. Lambeau is a tough place to play. And then the Cardinals have a legit defense. There is a difference between the Packers and Cardinals on one side and the nameless Washington football team on the other side. I think the Seahawks should be favored. I think they should be favored by closer to three than the minus one that you see in the market right now. So even at minus one, I would still be betting on them. In fact, like I would say go to the money line if you're betting on them. You're, you're betting on them to win, but I think they should be favored by closer to a field goal than the minus one that we see right now.
9: The total sits around 47 here in Vegas. That's what we're looking at this, as the consensus line right now. And the Seahawks this season, granted it's a little skewed by the injuries that they've had, but they are the biggest under team in football. One and nine to the over.
1: Yeah, this was one of my early bets last Sunday night. Uh, I got it at under 46 and a half. So not getting that closing line value, but still, you know, right in that neighborhood of where I was betting it. And yeah, depending on, uh, you know, the number that you're looking at, they're either one and nine in terms of their over under record or one eight and one either way, either way. still the most underwhelming team, literally the most underwhelming team in the league, they have massively underwhelmed on offense. You know, some of that is what happens when Russell Wilson isn't your quarterback, but some of this it's systemic. It is the way that they call games. They want to rely on the running game. And then they have a middle of the road defense, you know, and in some capacities, uh, it feels like this defense is absolutely horrible and they're not great, right? Especially against the run. They are not good. Running backs are uh, scoring the second most fantasy points against this Seahawks defense. Again, not to blur fantasy with reality, but it's an indicator of, how weak they are against running backs. But I think that also shows that teams are attacking them through the running game and the short passing game and not looking to exploit them deep. And that tends to drive games to the under. So under 47, I would bet that right now.
9: And let's talk about the prop market a little bit here, Matt, because we, we do have some options and you are the prop wizard. Um, uh, let's start off right in the quarterback props department. Passing yards, both quarterbacks projected for pretty much the same. Wilson 243 and a half. a two forty-two and a half. Uh I'm seeing here though, based on our projections, maybe not a ton of
1: value. Yeah, I'm not looking, you know, we've talked about this on previous shows. With quarterbacks and their um their yardage props, there tends not to be a lot of value there. Um, so I'm not looking at Russell Wilson at uh Taylor Heineke for the passing, not really even looking at um the pass attempts for Heineke. Uh I don't believe that there is a a prop in the market right now for pass attempts for Russell Wilson. Um it's just one of those things where you know, because yardage and pass attempts are so correlated that when there is something off uh in the projections or in the lines that you're seeing, the value tends to be more on pass attempts versus yardage. Um, as it is, I think these lines are pretty accurate. So I'm not looking right now at the passing yardage attempts.
9: Well, let's talk about something that you might actually be looking at QB rush yards, nothing really working there, but running back rush yards, JD McKissick at 19 and a half. And this is one you like.
1: Yeah. You know what? Before we get to McKissick, I do want to say a quick thing about Heineke. Um, cause he's an he's an interesting player. He does have rushing ability, um, but he's inconsistent in how he chooses to deploy it. Like He doesn't run every game. Uh, Some games he'll run for 40 yards, 50 yards. One game he had like 90 yards rushing, and then another game he'll have six yards rushing. So he's very volatile. If you look at his prop right now, it's 18 and a half. And I think there's some theoretical value there. But because he is so inconsistent week to week in how he runs or when he runs, I'm probably not betting this, even though I do lean towards the over, uh, you know, like he has 28.8 yards rushing per game. That is skewed a little bit because of one big rushing performance. His Median is 21. You know, so I do think there's there's a smidgen of value like i think it's easy to look at a projection look at his median look at the prop that is out there and say okay there's value on the over and i do think that there is a little bit of value there but it's it's not because of how volatile he is it's not sufficient for me to be betting it but i do want to mention it because i could see how people would look at that and would be interested in betting it now tom you mentioned jd mckissick at bet mgm I bet under 19 and a half yards rushing at minus minus one fifteen odds. Uh, McKissick had a season high 46 yards rushing last week, but he's not that much of a runner. He's had 18.2 yards rushing per game this year with a median of 12 and a half. I think this line is maybe four, five yards too high. Uh, and, you know, given that we're already on a relatively low number of 19 and a half, I do think that there is significant value there. So I do like McKissick under 19 and a half yards rushing. And how about some of the
9: other running backs here? Alex Collins is at 43 and a half yards rushing at FanDuel. And a- a- any any takers?
1: Yeah, I-, I do like this one as well. I-, I believe that it is actually bumped up. I bet it at 43 and a half. It's now at 44 and a half. I still think there's some value there. Uh, and this is at FanDuel. I mentioned earlier, a slew of running backs are out for Seattle. Chris Carson is out with the the neck injury. He's on IR. Rotational backs, Rashad Penny and Travis Homer, they are both out. Uh, Penny has the hamstring injury. Uh, Travis Homer has the calf issue. So it really is Alex Collins and DJ Dallas. And Dallas is not... I mean, he's, he's literally the fifth string running back. He is not a guy that they're going to treat like Rashad Penny or like Travis Homer. He's not going to be, at least in my mind, rotating into a high degree. So this feels like the Alex Collins show for this game in the backfield at 44 and a half yards. I think that's a little bit low. The books aren't taking into account just the dearth of options in that Seattle backfield. I think this should be, we'll say, four or five yards higher. So I do think that there's value there in going over Alex Collins, 44 and a half.
9: How about the receivers, DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin? Uh, Metcalf's prop is right around where it should be at 63 and a half, but Terry McLaurin, uh, potential for the under here with the return of a couple other guys.
1: Yeah, McLaurin is interesting. His number is 66 and a half. Um, I, I hate going under on McLaurin because he is just being targeted so voluminously by Heineke, like getting around 10 targets a game. And with that kind of usage, you would expect that a guy should be able to go over 66 and a half. Uh, right now, I want to make sure that I'm uh, consulting the most up-to-date projections that we have. Um, but yeah, the, the number is where it was this morning. Uh, we have this projected lower than 66 and a half. And uh, I am not one to argue with the projections uh, that Jeff Ratcliffe creates. Uh, Jeff is number one. In the Fantasy Pros in-season accuracy contest for rankings, you know, on a yearly basis, he is one of the best, most accurate rankers and projection creators in the industry. So I I tend not to uh, go against what Jeff says, um, but I just, with the volume he's been getting, I don't want to take the under on McLaurin. That said, I don't want to bet against Jeff. So I'm just staying away from this. Uh, We do have wide receiver Curtis Samuel expected to return. He's dealt with a core injury that's had him out for most of the season. He's expected to return. And tight end Logan Thomas is expected to be uh, designated to return from the IR in time for tonight's game. So with those two guys returning, we could see McLaurin get fewer targets than he's had previously. But again, McLaurin is just such a volume monster that I would not want to be betting on his under. I don't want to bet against Jeff. So I think I think this is one where I'm just staying away.
9: How about one you're not staying away on, though? Adam Humphreys. And that's the thing with these props. It's not so much about taking the big guys, the Metcalf, Lockett, McLaurin. It's about finding the guys with the lower totals where the line might have a little more breathing room.
1: Yeah, Adam Humphrey's I mean it's it's easy for me to be uh negative on him. I feel like I've been negative, negative on him for years and somehow he he finds a way to stick on rosters but you know with Curtis Samuel returning, with Logan Thomas returning, uh I don't think there's as much room in that offense for Adam Humphrey's and then add on top of that, wide receiver DeAndre Carter who was a really good small school college wide receiver and has made a niche for himself in the NFL as a return man. He has started to get more playing time this year, in part just because there were opportunities. There were other guys ahead of him injured on the depth chart, and Carter was able to get some playing time recently. And he's actually done pretty well with the opportunities that he's been given. I think he's more dynamic than Adam Humphreys. And so with Samuel returning, with Thomas returning, with DeAndre Carter starting to emerge a little bit, and I think Carter will steal some opportunities for Humphreys. I just don't think they're going to be the snaps, the routes, the targets going towards Adam Humphreys the way that we would have seen otherwise if Samuel and Thomas hadn't returned. So I'm going to be taking under 21 and a half yards receiving. I got this at bet MGM minus 115 for Adam Humphreys. Any,
9: receive, uh, any reception total props that you're looking at? I know you normally like those, but does anything jump off the page this week?
1: Yeah, there are some that are interesting, uh, but they are so heavily juiced. So for instance, uh, DK Metcalf, um, he's at five and a half. The under is juiced to minus 160, minus 165 across the industry. I do think that it is likelier than not that he goes under and that's reflected in the lines. Uh, I think, you could probably set this line at four and a half, and that would feel like a more accurate line than the five and a half we see in the market. And you know maybe there's a little bit of value on this, and that you could say this number should maybe be if it's at five and a half, this number should maybe be around minus one eighty. But it, it's not a world of value, and it's a similar thing for Terry McLaurin. Um, the juice is minus one forty five on his under at five and a half. You know, I think that line should maybe be around five, but, you know, obviously the bookmakers aren't going to set it there. I just, I don't think there's great value in the receptions market. I think there's maybe a little bit of value if you're fine laying heavier juice, you know, kind of smaller margins there, but uh, I'm fine staying out of that market for this game.
9: One more wacky one before you go. As we know, Lincoln Riley has taken the job as the USC head coach moving on from Oklahoma. The rumors were that they were targeting Cliff Kingsbury to replace him, and Kingsbury did not deny it. He just said – he didn't flat out say no. What is the line on Kingsbury at Oklahoma next year? Because I'm putting it somewhere at around – the yes is – you could make a tidy sum of 200 to one on the yes. There is no way this happens.
1: Yeah, I don't think it happens. Um, I think for a NFL coach to go back to college, uh, he has to be leaving in, I wouldn't say disgrace, but he has to be pushed out. Like it is unprecedented for a guy to leave the NFL to go back to college. Um, I mean, I, It's, it reminds me of Harbaugh with the 49ers. Like we did see something like that, but still he was being pushed out from San Francisco. It wasn't as if he were, he was totally happy and then went to Michigan with how the Cardinals have played this year. I don't imagine a guy getting through the really crappy first couple of seasons to get to this point and then being like, no, I have, I have my quarterback. I have my team. I have everything there. Eh, I'm going to go to uh, Oklahoma. It's not as if Oklahoma is a, is a destination and that's not like saying anything bad against the state of Oklahoma. It's just like they have to find talent and bring them there uh, and then kind of grow it there. You know, it's not a, a marquee program that draws a lot of attention the way that let's say USC does, because if they were a marquee program, they would have been able to keep their coach instead of losing him to California. So I, I don't see this happening.
9: I, I I don't bring it up seriously, obviously. I bring it up because some of Twitter is go, is taking the non-denial and going like, oh, hang on a second. Like him not saying no means that it's happening. No, no, this is a guy sitting in first in, in the one seed in the NFC right now with a nine and two team on not the last year, but next year is the last year of his contract. This is if he shuts the door on that then he's it, it, this is just all about his leverage for a new deal next year. Like Cliff yeah. Kingsbury will be the coach in Arizona.
1: Yeah, I I think so. The one thing that maybe could draw you back is that like if if he hasn't been totally satisfied with the experience of being an NFL head coach, like if it's annoying to deal with professional athletes who are making more money than you are, maybe you could leverage it against uh against a university that is desperate and willing to pay out the teeth and give you a 10 year contract, whatever it is to pay you maybe more money than you're making now. And you don't have the same power struggle against professional athletes. Like I could see it. It would take a particular type of person. And I don't think an NFL head coach is that type of person.
9: I I'm completely with you on that. If anyone is leaving after this season to go take a college job, it's urban Meyer. (laughs) Yes. Like, exactly that I, that I fully believe he could just go, okay, you know what? Did not did, did this, did not work. I do not like this at all. I am out. The health problems are going to pop back up. And then in a couple years, we'll see him back at Ohio state or something like
1: yeah. he could pull a Saban. Yeah.
9: Yeah. That's that. That's the only way that goes. This was just, this was just so amusing to me that people are actually entertaining it. Also Oklahoma going to the sec is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like,
1: yeah, you're not, it, Hey, I mean, uh, you're not going to get any argument from me. I I've hated the alignment that have happened in college football over the past, like 30 years, you yeah. know, like it, I mean, it really started with the breakup of the Southwestern athletic conference back in the day. And like, that was the end of everything, you know? So that, uh, that was bad. And this is just another version of that happening.
9: Yeah. Texas, I get. I actually, that's my hot take. I get Texas going to the SEC. Why? Why? Why do you get that? So, it's the difference in the two schools. Texas, yes, they are making absolute bank. They have their own TV network. They get most of the Big Twelve TV money, but they're going to make even more TV money in the SEC, and that's all that it comes down to for them because they're not winning the Big Twelve because they're already trash. So, why not just go and be trash in the SEC and make more money to be trash? Oklahoma wins the Big 12 every single year, and now you're going to go get beaten up in the SEC. That's not worth the extra money to me. I'd rather stay where I have almost a guaranteed spot in the college football playoff than go into the SEC where my program is going to take a massive hit. Texas, you're already bad. Just go get paid more to be bad.
1: Okay. I am coming at this maybe from more of a Texas centric perspective, since like, that's where i was born and raised. like texas texas to me feels like the big 12. even though ou has won the big 12 basically year in and year out in recent history, like that is still texas's conference. and they haven't been good in it since
9: i was like Vince young. young.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know, but like it feels like they would have a better chance of being good there than being good in the SEC. Oh, completely. I just have no faith
9: in them to be good anywhere. Like they could go to the ACC, and I'm still not confident that they're. Mm, uh,
1: It. I think it would have happened eventually in the Big Twelve. It gives themselves a, a better chance because they can still recruit any kid from Texas. Yeah, like they would want to play at UT. I, I don't know. Like, I just I don't know if it's as easy to recruit now in the SEC because, like, if you're going to the SEC, it's like, why don't I just go to Alabama?
9: Mm-hmm. I, I, I I I do agree with you there. I just I I come from a place of belief that Texas is a brand name in, only, and that they aren't going to get back to that level anytime soon. And so you might as well just 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 go to the conference where you're going to get paid more. If it's all about the Benjamins, then that's that's all you got there.
1: Yeah. If we, we are going far afield here, but I I don't care if we had to construct out of teams in that area, the perfect, we'll say 12 team conference, right? And I, I wanted to make sort of like geographical.
9: Okay. So it has to be geographical. We're not just
1: building the super conference. We're not building the super conference. It has to make sense within, I would say the state of Texas, the state of Oklahoma maybe the state of Arkansas, right? But I would say you have UT, Mm -hmm. you have A&M, right? Those are two very easy choices. You have OU, you have Oklahoma State. I would say you also include Texas Tech. That's an easy one. I would say you include TCU. Mm -hmm. I think you include SMU. That one is like a little more like, ooh, I don't know, but like, I'm fine including SMU. Like, I think they they should be included. They They used to to be a powerhouse. Yeah. You know? And so that gives you right there. That is seven teams. And then I think like, you add Rice to the mix. Like, you're going back to like the Southwestern Athletic Conference, but like, I think you add Rice. I feel like there's another Texas team that I am forgetting about right now. I think you add university of Arkansas, like they used to be in the SWAC. Yeah. Um, What are the teams I am forgetting about?
9: I'm honestly not sure for that area. I mean, like looking at that conference, you don't, you still don't have a ton of star power anymore. Like, like like, like it, it just makes it more obvious why the sec is the name in the game now? Because you look at you look at the big schools, and now they're there. Who else would it take? Hmm.
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to look uh, to see who the other. I mean, Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa Tulsa has some decent teams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this. I I know I know that there's like uh, a big one that I'm forgetting somewhere, but I don't know. I feel like this would be like a decent, decent backbone for mm-hmm. a conference. Um. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's annoying. It's frustrating that this is something that's going to happen where it's split apart. And I guess I'll just say like, candidly, I'm most frustrated about this from like the TCU perspective because like TCU is going to get boned. Yes. Like the big 12 is not going to exist anymore or however it does exist. It will be like a, a shell of itself. Yeah. they are going to have to move to like the mountain West or something. And that happened with TCU years ago. Yeah. You know, they were in the Southwestern conference. That broke up. They had to go to, I don't even remember what it was. And then they went into Conference USA. And then they went into Mountain West. And then they finally got into the Big 12 right as it was breaking apart. Like this, this sucks. Yeah. I mean,
9: I, I feel, I feel your pain as a Syracuse fan. Leaving the Big East. The Big East breakup was the worst thing to happen to college basketball, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I hate it. I hate it when you have conferences that make sense, and then they just no longer exist. Yep. I mean, and like,
9: yeah, the Big East still exists, but it's a shell of what it was. Like, the school's left
1: for the football money. Syracuse included. Yep. All right. All right. Let's kill it now that now that I'm depressed, Tom.
9: <laughs> Let's wrap it on up. Where can people find all the great work that you're putting out each and every day?
1: No, right, you can find the work at FTN. On Friday, I publish the Fantasy Football Breakdown. On Thursday, the Best Bets article. On Tuesday, the Fantasy Rankings, which I update on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And all throughout the week in the FTN Bets tracker, I'm loading in my NFL sides, totals and player props. And on Twitter, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, and on FTN, you can get daily episodes of the Friedman Fantasy Football Show and the degenerate sports betting show, and always use the highly original promo code Friedman for twenty percent off at FTN, except for today, where you can use the code Cyber Monday for for thirty three percent off. All right, that is the show. You can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at Matt Effie Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us, and see you next episode.
2: Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. If you like to do this, or that, or even that, and you want to stay with it, Emory's got your back, or your shoulder, or your hip, or your knee. Our sports medicine specialists treat more world-class, professional, and college-level athletes than anyone else in the state. We'll treat you like a pro and get you back in play. That's the Emory difference. Make an appointment at EmoryHealthcare.org/slash sports.
6: Lately, my family has gotten a little behind
3: on our doctor visits, but this year, that's changing. We're making health a priority with Emory Healthcare. My husband got the knee replacement he's been putting off. My mom is getting a heart procedure that Emory pioneered, and I scheduled my annual mammogram. And with so many virtual visit options, we are getting it done in 21.
5: Make your health a priority at emoryhealthcare.org/slash healthfirst.
10: be fucking computers
11: what are you ted board 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 movie 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 k k k and that's all i fucking do all day it's fucking unreal
0: <laughs> this
12: is the valley archives
11: yeah um, um in terms of whatever like last night was fucking you were smart to stay home uh because <laughs> and i know i nice just like i guess my main topic is like it's not really like dissing last night it's more just going like it's amazing that it's taken this long and we have never really figured out how to do downtown correctly. That's crazy, like, man. Like, we, we found a way to make it work and that's why we always end up going to the same spot. Like, we did what was ever easy. Comfortable, yeah. Yeah, because, like, it's just so easy to have an absolute failure of a night. And like last night we went into it with kind of a bad plan. Like I was going to Callum's, you know, I was going to Callum's yeah. and it, we were just going to see what happens. Yeah. But, but the fact that that was the plan meant that something was probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like, I got them back to my house by 11 o'clock and then we were going to go downtown at from 11, at 11 o'clock. And they were, and the idea was that I was going to pre at my house, but I didn't buy any alcohol because I was still kind of banking on nothing really happening. Okay. And, um, so i just i didn't drink and we we were like okay so where are we going every bar that we had initially used to go to was closed like what? after covid it's all closed wow. uh, that was on king in the king area yeah except for rock and horse which they just didn't want to go to okay. and i was fine with that and uh so we ended up they ended up saying that they had a friend who had a karaoke thing and i remembered because like when we had talked about doing it with Duff and Kung Ho or whatever, they said that you have to book a room. You don't just—I always picture like in the movies where it's like just yeah, a machine, proud. yeah. And you know? I always like that version better. Yeah, same. <clears throat> yeah, like We're in a fans. room, it's like we do that all the time with each other. We sing, like, it's, I don't know, like, exactly. So we yeah. sing
12: on ox all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. go
11: ahead. <laughs> so yeah, so it was a room, and we and like it was pretty far removed from us when you look at it practically, like uh, cams, cams. Sorry, not Cam's girlfriend. Barney's sister has a new boyfriend who has an older sister whose friends were celebrating a birthday at a karaoke place. Okay. And they were so. like, they have a room. We're good to go. And we and I was like, okay, well, they have a room. They said we're good to go. I'm sober.
2: But, sounds you know, this enough. sounds fun,
11: you know? Yeah, sounds and good And so, enough. like, we went downtown. <laughs> we get down there after midnight or whatever or just around midnight. And uh, we, we walk upstairs and, uh, cause Cam and Claire had just gotten there with Grace, her boyfriend and her boyfriend's yeah. sister. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we, we get upstairs and it's like, we get inside the place and fucking, it's full of people. You can sit down if you <laughs> wanted to. And I was like, okay, that's already kind of an uphill battle. You couldn't, you couldn't even really get past the door for way with it without like making it pretty inconvenient. And it kind of feels kind of yucky. Like it almost feels like a hot box. I would say like. A brothel oh. where you have like room, room right, like not right, well dressed right. room kind of <laughs> like, yeah. And so it's like you get in there, they're singing some song, but it's like then somebody like one girl like cuts it. She's like, "This is a ten person room only." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, she works here. She's cheese that yeah, we're yeah, breaking yeah, protocol." Yeah. No, she just rented the room. She doesn't want <laughs> she doesn't want too many bodies in there. And it's like okay, kind of warranted, but then it's like there's just so much hostility of like get out of here. We don't want you guys. Like, who are you guys? Yeah. And, yeah. You're, and I was like, well, yeah, you're not totally warranted. Totally warranted. Fine. But did you leave? So we you go downstairs to like, they're like, oh, let's go, just go get a drink. And it's like, and so then I was like, this is, fu- my heart's racing. I'm sober. I'm like, this is a horrible situation. I do not want to go back up there. And and they were like taking shots. I was like, it's too late for me to t- start taking shots. But I was like, I'll buy one beer. And in the second that I was walking over to the ATM, because it was cash only, of course, yeah. uh, Grace had been kicked out with her boyfriend, who were actually much <laughs> less removed than us from the situation. Yeah. And I was walking to the ATM going like, how fast can a beer get me drunk enough that I can actually enjoy it? Just- not enjoy it, just feel not uncomfortable for the next two hours in this horrible situation. But then, but then you didn't end up having to buy it. <clears throat> they were kicked out. We were in the clear. <laughs> we were sent out. But then it was like at that point it was like twelve. It, it was midnight. I'm still sober, and now I'm committed to being sober. Like yeah. it's like, and and uh, and they're like, well, dance cave's not far away. Let's oh, let's let's give it another try. Like Oof. what's in the area? Oof. And so and so, I was like, listen, I'm calling an Uber. And wow, then good of you. Bro? And then they're they're like they're like they hit the and because there was still cams house we could go back there on the table and they hit the no 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 stay stay it's gonna be fun we'll pay for this do this yeah and it's like guys just make this easier on everybody i'm being reasonable right now you're being unreasonable i'm calling an uber and they're like no 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 stay like they sort of get mad like make like i'm making a scene it's like i'm not making a scene i'm just going home i know how this night ends i want to go home yeah Yeah. and i just called my uber and left perfect eh? bro (laughs) that's good
12: That is, uh, you saved yourself a lot of more discomfort, I think. Yeah. Ultimately, the right decision. I've been there before, man. I've been there before waiting for the night to end while people are waiting for it to start. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a bad thing to stomach. But, uh, yeah, that's how you come up with a solution. There was
10: a lot of uh, uh, pieces to that puzzle that... Like, we're not in favor of a yeah. good night. Oh, yeah. from
11: the get-go, from the, jump. the right answer was to stay at Callum's, I yeah. think, for me. But for them, it was maybe to go downtown. Yeah,
10: yeah. I mean, like, also including in the fact that you guys arrived at your place at 11-ish, uh, probably around there, mm-hmm. and you were sober and about to commute <laughs> downtown. It just... Uh...
11: The only reason why we actually went with for it, because Callum was like... James was actually gone, and he was just pumped. Right. And uh, Callum was sober enough where he was like... He was, like, at least running through the logistics. He's he just like, wanted to make something happen, I guess. No, he was running through logistics on the phone with Cam. He was like, well, this can you check if this place is open? Is this place open? Are we calling an Uber for no reason? And we went through it all, and we'd actually called the Uber, and I remembered that karaoke places are typically you have to book a room. And I was like, hey, Cam, do they even have a room? And, like, Calum was going to cancel the Uber if they didn't have the room. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Callum was at least, like, mostly there. By the time you're downtown, you already feel like, well, we're this far in it. Let's yeah. go all the way. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you're actually downtown – the if you're it's midnight and you're not somewhere yet, you're not gonna get somewhere. No, and it's <laughs> it's a tall order. Yeah, at, at that point. Yeah,
10: definitely. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, good on you. I'm with I'm, I agree with Bell in, in the sentiment that you made it out. You saved yourself. You saved yourself yeah. there.
12: But yeah, like I've heard you guys say that before. That man, it wasn't a good DT night or whatever. Like there, it seems to be. There needs to be a certain version of DT. Otherwise, it's not very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's that version? What's what? What's the best DTE reach look like? I think
11: it takes a plan. Yeah,
12: that's it. Just a plan. A good plan. Something to stick to. Yeah,
10: a plan. A venue. A venue that we all agree in, like semi-like. Yeah. Um. Well, not semi. Just enjoy. It, like fully mm-hmm. like. Um. Good timing, and
11: uh, good numbers. Sometimes,
10: and that's not even that necessary. A couple, yeah. a few people going to a bar is, always, is still nice. Mm-hmm. I'd
11: almost just say. I'd almost say a reservation. Yeah. It's almost necessary at this yeah. point
10: yeah well I, like it depends if it's a what, the type of venue but yeah
11: because it's like the idea of bar hopping sounds so fun and in movies it's sick but they don't show the line they yeah. don't show like they don't you, show you're just line. getting stuck and like sober and cold and shitty it like, also yeah.
10: Toronto doesn't lend itself well it doesn't to, lend itself to no. bar hopping because like, there's uh, not
11: enough in a row.
10: There's not enough in a row, and there's no street that accommodates. Like the closest you can mm-hmm. get is Kensington, or mm-hmm. even Ossington. Shit closes by like eleven there. Yeah. So yep. that's tough. But uh, if you're on Kensington, you have like four options, but you end up fine you end up liking one more than the others. True. So you can just stay there. Just <laughs> <why> <laughs> you go there to, it, to start.
11: It was just a quick solve. So like last night, I was talking to a Great uh, Braden and Gorin about. It. I was like, I was saying how like I don't like the fact that. I'm 24, maybe I don't go downtown enough, maybe I don't do enough stuff, and then it's like, before long, that won't even really be on the table, Mm -hmm. and then I was kind of, I had a really sobering, like, oh, this is why I don't do it that often, Exactly. and it's not so bad that I don't do it often. (laughs) No, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. It's different if you live there. I think it's still, yeah, if you live there, like, there is a night scene that I do want to enjoy, but it's definitely not that I'm going to take an Uber downtown, spend $100 and have less fun than something else tonight. Mm
0: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
12: Yeah, <laughs> I guess it hits some. I, I guess it hits everyone eventually because my mom's
11: not not looking to
12: go DT. So <laughs>
11: very true. I think uh I think a house party is still ideal, and I think that when you do live downtown, there probably is a way. Like you just become part of me. Like I was as I was trying like taking Uber home. I was like, I just want to date a really hot, really cool girl who knows exactly how you're supposed to do this just that i at least find out because at this point like i've been exposed to everybody and nobody knows mm-hmm. and it's, that's the only person i haven't been exposed to yet so
10: <clears throat> again like i said it's diff- i think it's different if you live down there because if you live 10 minute a 10 minute walk from a from a solid spot then it's really easy it's, it's like going to a house party you walk 10 minutes and you're there And you probably develop, like, some level of uh, comfort and consistency in going to the same place, and then you just enjoy it more and more. But, uh, yeah, when you have to commute, it really throws a a wrench into the plan. When you have to commute,
12: there's a lot riding on it, because it's such a commitment. Yeah. Especially with a
11: variable, like, home trip. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. when I was, we went out to whatever uh, a few weeks ago, and it's, like, King taps. Yeah, seventy dollar Uber home is what, wow. the, what the charge was. Wow, and dude! Yeah, but you dodged the bullet. Yeah, no, no, like yeah. TTC. you can like you can hack the system and just like refresh the app until it goes down twenty five bucks, <laughs> and it's like it's pretty good. And I'd say I would always spend thirty dollars over TTC, but TTC over seventy. Yeah, man,
12: seventy is <laughs> fucking that's just, a lot. That's but with this one simple trick, Uber's going bankrupt. <laughs> 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 Spam refresh. <laughs>
11: yeah. Oh.
10: Uh, I don't. How about you? Look. What did you do yesterday? I went Tondu. Oh yeah. Me no, my, not your favorite rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Shut fucking awesome. And still bangs. Yeah. Uh,
11: Were you outside? Indoors? Do, you, do, they, do they even have indoors? How seating? did you get a res?
10: We didn't. They no. don't. They don't do reservations for parties less than six. Oh okay. Uh, I believe that was the number. But it's you can. It's walking. Can in. you
11: do two people with four no shows?
10: <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Flaky um, friends. I think they'd catch on to that one. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was awesome. We
11: had an indoor spot, and, but how yeah. many indoor spots were there? One, two, three,
12: a couple tables, six tables, seven. tables. I don't
11: know. Yeah, last time we went there, I was actually convinced seven, that they eight. had no indoor spots because yeah, yeah. everybody was sitting outside, and they mm. didn't didn't seem to be. I was I was under the there. same impression, but they
10: there are spots.
11: Yeah, yeah. Were you willing to sit outside if you had to no. yesterday? No. No. Okay.
10: Yeah. No. W- if if we had to sit outside, we would have just went elsewhere.
12: Yeah. <clears throat> Did you guys have to wait? nope what yeah it's pretty lucky man yeah, yeah saturday night
10: we arrived there at like s- maybe 6 45
12: wow it's not even like that's a good time to eat dinner yeah that's good that's yeah. great man I, we were trying to book a reservation for scaramouche me Reed, and luca and greg we used to do that we used to go out for dinner before covid but we haven't done that in a while and yeah i couldn't get a Nothing. eh? Can't get a reservation in December. Really? Yeah. In the month of December? In the month of December, I can't get anything. On weekends. Like, I didn't try every day of December. But, like, for Fridays and Saturday in December, it's all booked up.
10: Yeah, me and Lulu looked at Rasa, and Rasa also had, like, a a three-week. Wait time. Yeah,
12: nothing. Crazy, man. So, I was thinking of uh, uh, an idea that would be, like, okay, you get a reservation for three weeks in advance at Rasa, and then something comes up. And then you could have the you can't make it, and then you could have the op- option to sell that reservation to someone else. So someone that night is looking for reservations at, at Rasa, yeah. and you just scalp your reservation because you can't go
11: anymore. And you get make money off it. I don't know. Maybe should they? I think should you should be able be to make money? money off it because then. Now people have all the reason to book up every single seat, and now you can only get a scalped reservation anywhere.
12: Yeah, and then that would fuck things up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
11: because
12: everybody's just booking res is not even to eat at them. Yeah,
11: and in that
10: case, like if the if the spot opens up, they either just give it to someone at the door or someone else who's refreshing the page would just get it.
12: But cancellations do happen. I know, and and people no show, and when that happens, the restaurants cheese. And the guy looking for the tables cheese.
10: Yes, yes. So But if it's a packed restaurant, it's also likely that they have like enough foot traffic to fill up the whoever's. I'm sure missing. they have a wait list
12: too. Yeah. But I'm more thinking about us. Oh. We're waiting and we want the res, you know, and someone cancels.
10: Then we check the res scalp market.
12: Yeah, we okay. should we should be able to
11: check the third party You know what I bought when we were out at dinner on Thursday at uh, whatever. What? There was a two two person tables that never got sat at the whole yeah. time we were there. So the-
10: Behind us, to the right. Yeah, beside the
12: H one. Those are, the H1, are those the bell. Drake
10: tables. <laughs> <laughs>
11: I don't
12: That's know. That's the VI See, I think restaurants have VIP tables. <laughs> I thought we were at it.
11: (laughs) Honestly, I was like, at the bar, I was like, this is like, because at the start, I would have been like, yeah, I want to get there. But then when I realized there was only fucking Dirties and Us, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, the bar is the best. We're on fucking display. The bar was, yeah, the bar was the boys club Yeah, and then the rest of the restaurant. It's like a,
12: it's like a grade six dance floor. And we're closer to
11: gray, gray uh, bus boy thing. Right. Great bus boy, Ting.
12: (laughs) (laughs) You know her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
10: Pizza was great as usual. I had pizza the next day as well.
12: I had pizza. Oh, true, true. I had pizza for lunch that day and then pizza at night. (laughs) Like, little Yachty. Do you like
11: your mom's pizza more than... uh, Superpoint? Yeah, Yeah, probably. Really? Yeah. What if you... Okay. At this point, it's just kind of rude you haven't brought a slice over to someone's house. I'll
10: have to bring it over sometime. Or
11: rather, we'll
10: go there. I don't believe...
11: Oh, I love you it. know how fucking you do have you're European enough though. You're still a first generation, so it's like you're known to have a bi- upwards bias on your mothers. Oh, cooking. yes, yes, I would, I would. That's yeah. cultural. Yeah, <laughs>
10: I can't avoid that. Uh, Is your
12: mom's crust better than Super Points crust?
10: Probably like similar. Shit. Yeah.
12: What's your ideal crust? The sauce isn't better. I, I, I like
10: it uh, crispy. Okay, yeah. The
11: sauce isn't better. That's what I'll say. I, I can't believe the <coughs> sauce would be better. The crust I could see, the sauce the, I can.
12: The sauce,
10: so- well, no, like, Super Point is both, re- it's really, really good. The crust and the sauce is good. Like, the crust I'm is not good. Saying, I'm not saying either one is that, like, necessarily better, but um, I think a Super Point pizza is a burrata pizza. But my mom's pizza is whatever I want in it. Okay, so and what? Everything if, and okay, more. No, so your mom's that.
11: blaze and their super point.
10: I like <laughs> the customization is what improves.
12: Yeah, I see, I see. But so if you had your mom's ingredients on a super point dough, it'd like, it still be good too. Yes, but it your be mom's fantastic. dough is also great. Yes, so yes, yes, Enough yeah. said there. Yeah. Awesome, dude. <laughs> Praising my mom's cooking. <laughs> free shout out, free shout out. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I was always curious on why a restaurant at Humbertown or Thorncrest never worked and never worked and, and and there's a my my dad's friend owns a jewelry store on Thorncrest and he's letting go of the rent and he asked my dad if he wanted to take it over for any reason yeah. and then for about a day we thought oh would a restaurant be good there like a pizza place yeah. or something quick like a fucking I don't know maybe something new he he wanted to do a pasta bar oh. like you come in you order a pasta to go. It, Quick and easy, yeah, and uh, yeah. I don't know. After some thought, we were like, it's an okay idea, but history seems to say it doesn't work. Yeah, and but so I, it's why? More, yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I,
11: don't I just
12: know why don't why. know if we ha- don't have the foot traffic, or I think my theory is that people in this neighborhood don't really eat out a lot.
11: I feel like that's eat incorrect. At home. They just eat of Jack Astors. <laughs>
12: See that's that's also a problem, yeah. bro.
11: <laughs> Too many
12: Jack Astors in this neighborhood killing killing an actual restaurant. Like
11: yeah. we went to Jack Asters, uh it's the size of a gymnasium and it's like <laughs> it's we huge. Yeah. yeah, we went there had a hard time finding parking almost and, and then busy. and then like there was a line as long as a club Shut to get in. Up, yeah. You bro. get obviously you get a seat cuz it's still huge inside, yeah. but it's yeah. like yeah. people want to get to Jack Asters. Yeah, Okay, yeah. so yeah, that's why, bro.
10: But then the more that I think about it, looking at from at Humbertown, the last one I remember that was like of any like, significance in my life was the sushi bar, the sushi place they had inside.
12: So they had that one, and they had an Italian restaurant at Blockbuster when we were like seven. Wow, really? Yeah, and that's just two fails right Pre there. fails That's Pre, pre-Blockbuster. Meanwhile, Second Cup has trunk. been
10: absolutely
11: kicking it for. Mm-hmm. Two, Did you ever find years? any margarita in the back of Barn? <laughs> I found some Pomodoro sauce <laughs> <laughs> did you um, get any evidence of, like no. do you ever find any evidence of the previous no no, no kitchen no nothing so I was like okay, yeah. oh wow
0: <laughs>
10: you go to the back of a barn that's just blockbuster videos. <laughs> I, I, yes, I would be surprised games.
11: if there was no like they cleaned it that thoroughly it's an
12: ancient relic ancient yeah. Tony Hawk pro skater <laughs> underneath the thing underneath I went in the,
11: the almonds me and Pan went in the back of barn <laughs> <laughs> <once>. <laughs> when it was closing like yeah. we just went into you guys th- had a backstage pass yeah <laughs> <laughs>
12: it's like VIP
11: tags I but think it was just It was closing And you didn't care So you're like Fuck it <laughs> No, yeah, like There was times Where it was open <laughs> And you guys were No I there. mean like The store itself Was going out uh,
12: Oh it, yes it was, yes yeah. That was exactly the case <laughs> Yeah that was totally true <laughs> Honestly
10: it was Pretty weird Like cause I think a pizza joint Could almost work At Thorncrest Because like It's fairly accessible For a bunch of the area For a bunch of people In the area They uh-huh. wouldn't mind Swinging by And grabbing uh-huh. a, a $5 slice A for good sure. slice For sure But on the other hand Like Something about it just doesn't seem to suggest it would work.
12: I, I agree with you, bro. Like, even though it's right there, would I use it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. like maybe sometimes. Unless it's, it has to be good, it has to be bomb. Of course, it has to be bomb for starters. Maybe that's
10: the missing point.
12: Not bomb. Yeah, it has not Nothing's enough.
10: been good enough to actually be worth, be worth going to. But why? Like,
11: you have a you're a good cook. You just stay away from Etobicoke? I guess so. Yeah. I don't okay. think that's. I don't. I don't think that can be a viable reason yeah Conrad used to love uh one place in Etobicoke it's got no 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 Pinocchio no, yeah.
10: I yeah. <laughs> actually yeah. wanted to go, I wanted to go there but I never had it closed, closed yeah
11: like, I never <laughs> without Connie and Osmos took over basically oh, no, Osmos isn't there. A, a door over and yeah. it's thriving like yeah. damn bro but, but that, more evidence
12: the Pinocchio place is huge
10: it was like a, it was a big spot yeah 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 it was it was um I wonder what it was was it classy was it like I think it uh
11: somewhat. It, Conrad says that every place that he used to love in uh in Etobicoke uh or Toronto period after going to living in London for long enough and spending a lot of money on dinners he's realized that it's all okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like he says he Perfect. says it's good but it's no, well, okay. He, well he's right. He's yeah. pretty
12: right, bro. Especially if you have some dollars. I spend if if you have dollars to spend in London there's great restaurants.
11: It's kind of <laughs> it's weird like when I talk about Conrad I can't get the story point across if I don't sound like I'm bragging. Or Like, I, I can't sound... I can't get the point across without sounding like I'm bragging. Like, it's like... Because it's like... Yeah. I'm talking about... He, he takes his clients out for Michelin star dinners. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Insane. It's because he's Goldman Sachs. The story <laughs> doesn't sound right otherwise. You know?
12: Yeah, yeah. I know. It sounds like you're boasting. Yeah. But uh, it's just a statement that you have to state the facts.
11: Like, I'm as incredible... I'm so blown away. That's why I say it. It's mm-hmm. like... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's taking them out to Michie Stars he gets to take them out because it's like because you don't want to look bad with Goldman it was 200 pounds per head is what like Uh, the uh, limit was and you uh, can get into a few whatever as long as you do cheaper bottles of wine true True, true, true.
12: 200, do- 200 pounds per head. Is there? Is there budget? Yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, don't want to have don't want to have Conrad looking like a schmuck out there with one fifty <laughs> in his pocket.
11: Yeah.
10: That's <laughs> so much money per person. <laughs> fuck.
11: Well, it's so much money. Like when you go, like, oh, that's like three hundred twenty-five dollars Canadian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's thirty visits to <laughs>
12: anywhere, somewhere, but it's one visit to somewhere else. The so wrong
11: <laughs> Goldman worker's taking six doggy bags home from <laughs> <laughs> whatever. For, for. From um, from Nando's, <laughs> we won yesterday. Oh, nice! Nando's, nice. <laughs> I haven't been in so long; it's still bangs.
12: Oh, no, it's bangs. Yeah, it's bangs. I love Nando's.
10: Um, we have no Michis here in Toronto, right?
12: No Michis in Canada. The the
10: uh, the one restaurant I've heard in Toronto that's always like, that gets the craziest, a huge amount of praise is Harbour 60. Mm. Down there,
12: very uh, overrated. You've been, in my opinion, I've been. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. It's a, a trendy, it's a
11: trendy spot. Tw- two or three. So you have tried more than one thing on the menu? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I
10: heard, I heard it's like good food and supposedly really good. Oh, it's great food. And it's like classy. It's and whatnot. good food.
11: It's
12: classy, but like it's gonna be a hundred and fifty dollars a head, and you could take that money and spend it at a better restaurant with no alcohol, one hundred fifty. No, with alcohol. Like you, you, you had a glass or two. You mm. had a steak and a couple courses.
11: Alcohol is actually like, I, I, I think it's almost never worth drinking with your dinner. Period. Hey, man, That's a fair take. My mom loves
12: can't can't drink can't have a meal without it. Yeah. So that's that's her take on it. But it's like if you want to save money, no alc. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good a great way. It's just
11: so unfairly priced. That oh it's man! Like, it's insane, dude. It's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Like we went out to just like Mexican for Friday, just like and yeah. two drinks, twenty four dollars. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and so then crazy. dinner. So.
12: <laughs> it could like double your it could double your food cost
11: yeah, yeah. and honestly I one of the things that i think you would love is oh, the yeah. mexican street corn just okay. anywhere i could i could eat so much of that you yeah. know me man i'm a corn
12: I, guy i know how do they dress it up how do they they, how do lather, they, pre- it,
10: they pre- lather it with some sort of like
11: white uh white sauce and white, white cheese yeah okay
10: but I'm not sure what the. I and think it's some sort of. Is it
12: on the cob? Do they take yeah. it? It's on the cob. Yeah.
11: Unfortunate. Oh, that's that's right. the only I strike against. Wait,
10: no, that's that's fine. That's I love fine. off the
11: cob. <laughs>
12: I know. You love off the cob. What's your take? I like on the cob too. yeah. But off the cob is it's great too. You shovel it when it's off the yeah, cob. Yeah, when it's off the cob, you
11: shovel it with your You get two nothing hands. stuck in your feet, teeth. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course, like,
10: there's the obvious benefits, but. You can't be dissing on the cob. Yeah. You can't I can be dissing on, on the cob. Okay. Right. <laughs> you do you. Um, the one memory I have associated with Harbor 60, I've never been. Is it Harbor 60 or 50? Harbor 60, yeah. 60. I've never been, but um, my parents were in Serbia at the time, and they needed, like, they had for, they were already there, like, whatever they, you know, they they needed to be, like, they were with their family and whatnot. Yeah. But I think they wanted to, like, go from Serbia to a different country, just, to, like, visit someone, and they needed some other papers, and we knew someone who was flying there from Toronto that, like, week. So I was going to give them their papers so then that he could transfer it to them when yeah. he arrives in Serbia. Yep. And it was some person I hadn't seen in like, I hadn't seen in like 15 years, but he's my age. And uh, like we'd known each other as kids and he was the one who became the like drop shipper. And he wanted me to meet him downtown. What's a drop shipper? He was the guy who's like, he was like buying online, uh, merchandise and then flipping it on his own website with, oh, okay. with improved marketing yeah. and using like a uh, Facebook marketing and whatnot. To sell it and make money Okay It's like It's just a money making scheme Nowadays uh, What was I getting at Yeah I hadn't seen him forever And then he tells me To meet him there Which is already like Dude you want me to meet you In fucking Like the depths of downtown Like you couldn't have Made it more accessible <laughs> But okay um, So I, I meet him there Because he was doing us A favor whatnot. Sure And then He pulls up and he comes in like the he comes wearing a cowboy hat <laughs> he's actually wearing a cowboy hat in the most insane outfit i'm like you're just clearly you're about to go to harbor 60 and you're wearing a cowboy hat you're just and you drop ship to make your money you're, you're just in a different planet yeah and you know we did the quick exchange air yeah he's literally akashati yeah. air. <laughs> um and uh yeah i whatever quick exchange quick hello i wasn't interested to to dap him up but, but he was a cowboy, cowboy? yeah I, I, it wasn't it wasn't halloween he was just that was his fit was it close so, to halloween no Okay. No. <laughs> he was just that. that's his harbor 60 fit and uh <laughs> Fuck, and that moment i'm like yeah this is probably a nice spot <laughs> i kind of nice like spot. that
11: people can i like when people misinterpret what a cool fit is that way like there should be more cowboys on the street mm-hmm. you think <laughs> yeah yeah that'd
10: be nice I mean, there actually is a lot of interesting outfits out there. You're there just are. you just don't subscribe to them.
11: I don't subscribe to a certain kind. I yeah. I want more groovy black dude, like from like Hotel. the soul age. Yeah. Uh, and I want more more cowboy. Okay. okay.
10: Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they're out there somewhere. They just don't. You're not in your vicinity.
12: Yeah, dude. You're speaking right. of clothes, man, Virgil Abloh died. Yeah, I was. Oh my Who's God. he? Bro, he's a super well-known well-known fashion, well designer. fashion designer. He
10: was in Kanye's <laughs> he was in Kanye's camp and then he transitioned over to become the head he he made uh, Off-White and then he transitioned over to be the director of uh Louis Vuitton. Director, director, creative, creative director. Creative director of Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Which I mean insane. Insane. He was like, also he he went to school for architecture. Yeah. And then he was also a DJ on the side. Yeah. Wait, and at <laughs> <laughs> He's a very amazing person.
11: I thought that uh Off-White started in 2015.
12: Maybe a bit before that.
11: So he just had a great Twilight Years?
10: No, like well, he had he, g- no, he was he's forty. He died from cancer. Oh.
11: Yeah, yeah,
12: yeah,
11: yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I pictured a seventy five year old no, no, making no, no, off white no. and then going to Louis Vuitton. No, no,
12: no, no. no. He no, no, no. Yeah, he's forty. Oh, yeah, okay. young guy. So yeah, it's big news, man. That's big news. No,
10: I was shocked. That happened they had posted it like two hours ago. Yeah. Like literally yeah. Just as we, driving, as we were driving as I was driving here, I checked my phone, I'm like, oh my god.
11: Yeah, I know it's crazy. Was he was he like closeted cancer like yeah, he uh, was. Black Panther? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. That guy was that. That's kind of fucked too. That's really sad when, when the the Black Panther guy died. Yeah, man. nobody even knew he was sick. I know. Like he was like, oh wow. I know yeah. it's
12: a big shock. Same same with the Virgil thing, and I guess that's just to stop people from speculating and. I think uh, it's just you
11: don't you don't, don't want to spend your time yeah. answering cancer questions. You're
12: right. You're right. That that too. Yeah, didn't.
11: It's
10: true. Uh, there was that uh, comedian Norm Norm Macdonald.
11: He was also closet cancer. Yeah, yeah. He, I guess that's why you do it.
10: You yeah. just don't want to deal with it. Don't want to deal
12: yeah. with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I. That's not fair, man. Answering. Yeah, it sucks. It's terrible news. But, um,
10: the Virgin one's actually pretty. Another like it was quite surprising. Yeah, quite shocking. He's he's he's, he's really popular. Really? Po- yeah. really, 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 really bog- popular. Because yeah. of Off White. Yeah.
12: Because yeah. of Off White and because of Kanye, his association with Kanye
11: his association with, with, Louis with Louis
12: Vuitton is associated. He's associated in many different avenues. I'm How sure much he do you think many it
11: takes talent once you're in the, like, let's say you're in Kanye's left ear and you go like, okay, we're bringing back Cowboys. Like you think that's going to be cool and it's going to be the same as off white. Or do you think that zip ties was actually really cool,
0: <laughs>
11: man? I don't
12: know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what, how they test an idea because like is something like a zip tie is as cool as a cowboy hat Yeah. so I don't know wh- how they can test what actually works in the public what the public thinks is cool but like Virgil had a great sense of what yeah. the public thinks is cool and he tended to hit the nail on the head yeah. on things he released
11: like I know people disagree w- you will disagree with me on the like Kanye I think that some of his shoes look okay but like or does he only have one he has many. Okay, yeah. Some of his shoes might look okay, but for a, a, there are a strong argument to go out there that his clothing kind of sucks. Like he's a good musician and bad clothing. 100% and, one hundred percent. Teach them. And and so it's like, how much do you really have to give credit to the idea versus just the person saying it is famous? Dude, don't know.
12: Most yeah, certainly,
10: good. there's definitely a lot of people who just uh, uh, latch on to... Either the the fashion or or the music, just based off the popularity of the person. Yeah, like I remember actually in one of my first days at work, or my uh, not first days, but a couple months into work, some guy came in and he was wearing he was wearing Yeezys, and this was just before the like, this was in the Donda rollout as it was happening, and I just like brought it up casually. He's like, oh no, I don't listen to his music. I just I'm just a hype beast. Like you're just wearing the clothes, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay,
12: yeah, I guess just different
10: types different types of s- subscription to pop culture
12: yeah and i that's mean his subscription
8: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. makes so, sense
12: like th- those shoes say something it's a so, it's a it's a uh statement Socials like status like if you wear yeezy some people could think oh well you're cool or oh you're in the no or whatever you it know it really it's is a statement piece yeah and it i is. totally
10: agree ted lots of uh lo- like you you cannot like a lot of them i, I don't like uh, some of some of his stuff too yeah um the clothes (laughs) (laughs) the music's all good but
0: yeah I
12: mean some of of them I love it comes kind of comes down to like when people talk about taste some people say they have good taste and right some people would say like Kanye has good taste or Virgil has good taste Mm -hmm. because they can pinpoint what, what is good to the majority of people yeah but it's like do you think they have good taste
10: uh, again, subjective. Like, what is taste? Yeah, exactly. What yeah. is good? T- like, exactly. If Kanye
12: has good taste, does that mean he's gonna pick always like the best, the best chair out of a, a set of five chairs? Like, yeah. Uh, unlikely,
10: because yeah. <laughs> you might like a different chair. Some mm-hmm. people might only like wearing a blank tees with a small logo here. Mm-hmm. But if someone throws a loud, a loud image on it, that's suddenly in poor taste to that person.
11: Yeah. Like, also, I guess this. You know, how like. Uh well, I guess okay, my my <laughs> I got my source from Ali G interviewed the ashen, the fashion guy yeah. and he was like uh logos are vulgar. Is that true? Is that facts? Is that widely so. agreed upon? I I would say so. Wait, what do you I mean don't like that? logos. But then like everybody like are like they go like logos they're like it's bad, it's gross, it's bad for fashion. Oh. You shouldn't have it. Mm. Is that like is that cool right now to not like logos? I would say so. Yeah, but every shoe is pretty. Look at me with their logo, or at least you're pretty aware of what it is. I would
12: say in shoes, it's definitely logo driven. Yeah, well, but like look, in clothes, not not so it. much.
10: Nike, yeah. Let's check. Adidas, yeah, the stripes. Asics, it's the the like the lines coming across it. Yeah. So that's definitely the case. But then on the other hand, uh, 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 a Clark shoe doesn't have a logo on you. Any Chelsea boot doesn't necessarily have a logo, and there's like a thousand different types of Chelsea boot.
12: Yeah, I, I yeah. For shoes, I think it's worse. Mm-hmm. Like, there's more logos in a shoe.
10: Meanwhile, a shirt can just have an, a graphic on it, not necessarily a logo yeah. associated. And then the Supreme lo- box logo comes in. Just yeah, th- but that's like
0: that's pretty. Look at me. Is
12: there it was not? an era, I think, like a couple years ago, where logo was everything. Like, yeah. the bigger the logo, the better it will sell, because people want to be seen wearing like whatever, whatever designer brand they want to be mm-hmm. seen wearing. But now it's kind of chi- it shifted. It's now it's, it's yucky. It's, it's tacky to wear, like, Gucci down, Gucci this, Versace oh, okay. everywhere. Yeah, that's... Too, like, big-ass Louis Vuitton logo here. Those were always the,
10: gross. That was always gross. It was, was always saying. gross. I think what now happened is worse, it was though. the
11: people who were doing it didn't do it that many favors. It was like, you didn't buy that stuff because you could afford it. You bought it because you couldn't afford it, and that's you wanted right. it to look like you mm-hmm, could.
12: Mm-hmm. That's right, bro. That's right.
11: Mm-hmm.
12: That's what a lot of the fashion industry is predicated on, I think.
11: It always used to blow me away just, like, hearing, like... A lot of like girls that I was around uh, talk about how they'd spend their money on clothes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying all, of them, but like I worked at low-paying jobs in the past, and things would talk about like all the clothes they're buying. It's like we make the same amount of money. How <laughs> the fuck do you have any money other than clothes? And it always used to just confuse me that yeah. people would spend their money that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you actually got to
10: a position where you could see other people's bank accounts, and yeah. you realized that they didn't have money other than oh. clothes.
11: Well, I mean, like that was more like when it was people in the same job title. Yes, but like oh, okay. in this one, like it's yeah, it's
12: interesting. Yeah, the bank account never lies, eh? <laughs> the numbers on the screen <laughs> never lie. <laughs> but I wonder, like, you probably can't say, but like, if 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 out clothing and appearance matched bank
11: accounts, not not crazy not, not often crazily.
12: i would see assi- i would assume that i would yeah. assume that it would not be much correlation
11: i think i think when you're really wealthy on the woman's side you tended to look good not great like just good you know you looked really presentable or whatever mm-hmm. when you're really wealthy on the men's side you could look fucking trash or you could also look pretty, Again, good. pretty you good you know like it was kind of there's more variance there and then Fair on the enough. low side you could look anything But Fair what? Enough, but right what now. do you mean like so you've only mentioned looking pretty good. Yeah. What's looking great? What's looking great? Like you look like you're going to the club. You're fucking.
10: Oh, okay. And then what do you? What have you found? What bank accounts associated with that?
11: Ah, uh, just kind of young people. <laughs> More like, oh, look at me. They don't really have that much money yet. Okay. I see, okay. I see. I see. I see. Everybody who seems to have money never looked that flashy. I see. I see.
10: Early that, career probably that seems to be the case. I and
11: think. I never really caught that many brands on successful people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fair. That's, that's
12: fair. fair.
10: There's a there's a popular uh, like clips i don't even know how to explain it but people were posting videos on instagram and i guess there were like tiktok clips and whatnot of some guy walking up to rich people either based on their car or based on their house and asking like oh how'd you make your money yeah i might have even brought this up on the pod <laughs> before but uh yeah i guess like the drug dealer <laughs> the drug dealer or the wife one. <laughs> which one uh, the drug dealer the one, was the one i definitely remember <laughs> i don't remember the
11: wife what was the there's wife one Was like i what have a husband. husband i'm i'm oh. married oh, that's good <laughs> that's a good
12: one Take that one. I'll take that one too Yeah I'll take that one <laughs> um, <laughs> Those have to be set up I, I think N- Not the ones in the car But when you You can't On oh, yeah. a Kaiser house Yeah And expect him to comply It's 100% way.
10: set up The guy oh, the guy who owns the house Opens the door <laughs> What do you want do you do? I'm like, Oh I'm a banker Like of course It's fucking set up <laughs> Yeah Yeah It's so BS <laughs> 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 You can realize everything that that's set up once you realize once you take into the perspective of the person who's recording it. Hundred percent. And once and, you
12: and, acknowledge and, the camera, you can understand a lot of shit yeah. is set up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh,
10: and then one one other thing, actually, this is kind of a random topic. Like this Great. is this is so irrelevant. That's to fine. This, but uh, a couple, I think, like earlier last week on Reddit, it was on the front page of Reddit, and I was scrolling through. And it was posted on because the front page of Reddit culminates all subreddits. And it just gives you the most popular thing for the day, the most trending, whatever has the most traction. And one of the posts title was like, I I am a woman and I just want to be a housewife. Mm. Is that Oh yes. And she questioned like, is that what like what do what do you other women think about yeah, that concept? Yeah. Rather than being like um Uh, a boss lady, a boss, a boss bit. Yeah. A boss bit. Uh, and then the comments was just, were just a lot of people commenting on, Oh, uh, I also have that. I share that sentiment. Some people were like, I thought I wanted to be a boss bit, but then over time I realized that I prefer to just, you know, spend time with family and be alone or be at some sort of like housewife role. And again, I don't mean house, like housewife in the, in, I guess exactly what it means. Like staying at home and helping around around the house, Yeah, which is fine. Uh, but then other people share the complete opposite sentiment. Like, no, I could, I would die if I had to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I much rather, you know, be a go getter and do whatever you have to do, uh, career wise.
0: Yeah,
12: was she saying it? It's kind of it's less socially acceptable these days. It seems like
10: it's more taboo day, these, these days. To, to bring it up. Probably. You know, what, I don't that think you want to be a whatever. And I think that's like why that why that announcement on that Reddit post got a lot of traction because it's yeah. more like socially taboo, like you said, to to bring up that that's um, a desire.
12: Yeah, I think that's. Meanwhile, I
10: hear Teddy wanting to do that all the time.
12: (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's not—it's not out of the norm in our circle. We understand. (laughs) We understand the the urge. But yeah, I think it is, man. Uh, You don't hear it a lot anymore. Of your goal. Yeah, yeah. You just don't hear it a lot, I guess.
10: I well, but on the other hand, we are surrounded by most people our age, and at least our friend group, and almost everyone we know. Are, tend to have some sort of like goal that they want to do, and it tends to involve a career to get there.
11: For I sure, think for sure, like it's all associated. That's mm-hmm. the Cam and I say the modern woman in different ways. Like Cam will say he just wants his significant other to have goals, it, not cooking dinner. Like like, right? So he wants a woman who works. I okay. say I want <laughs> a motivated thing. <laughs> Yeah, a woman who works. Like, it's it's just different ways to word the same thing, you know? Mm. Everybody kind of, I don't know. Okay. Interesting.
12: That's, that's, that's the first I've heard, man. I thought you were a modern man kind of guy. I am oh, man. Oh, I get it. I got <laughs> it. Now. He wants just your Yeah, Just <laughs> clicked. Uh, int- yeah, yeah, yeah.
11: Yeah. But, like, it's, I, I, I just, I like how it's, like, <laughs> he never says to Barney, like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't you a say-oh, mom. But he always goes, like, it's great that you have goals, you <laughs> know? Like, Never. I also think we're we're pretty young to be thinking about
12: being a stay at home mom. Cause, yeah. I mean, no one's a mom. Not no one even has a home yet. Yeah. So, not there yet. I think I think people will maybe find that they do want to just stay at home and create a family or help out around. I the think house. if you've been
11: the good son though, you you know a little bit of what it's like to be a stay at home parent.
12: If you've been the good son,
11: the good son. Yeah. 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 Wait, what do you mean by that? Like when you're the good son, like you're helping out around the house yeah like you know that you're like i was the good son this summer and it was like my dad's gonna be cheesed if i'm not a contributing member of the household and not working oh i see i see i see yeah i know i know gorn's the good son he's gorn's the great son (laughs) he's he's cooking dinners he's (laughs) yeah great son
12: (laughs) that's fantastic that's perfect man um okay do you guys have any other toppies
11: not really pretty not, dry not i just well. wanted to talk to you beyond in general like i guess it doesn't matter if it's on air or not but i liked when we went to the movies the other week like yeah, the more awesome. i look back on it i go like go i'm ahead. so happy i went to the movies again and I, I i always liked the experience and i still like everything about the experience
10: yeah it was uh honestly one this is gonna sound like me being picky yeah but for some reason it looked blurry i did not catch that i was like I'm not complaining about our positioning. We were totally fine. Positioned. Yeah. Like, it's, no, 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 there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Just something about it was, that looked kind of blurry to me. Like I wasn't able to get a proper focus on the screen. And I think that's like, I think my eyes are fine. And if you didn't see it, then I'm mean, imagine the projector was fine. But yeah. I think it's just, I wasn't used to a going to a theater again. And I got used to staring at high quality screens. Like, just in your day to day, a usual twenty-four inch screen or a laptop seventeen inch or your phone five six seven eight inch whatever it is is crisp AF. Mad yeah. and going back going bad to going back to uh, the theaters kind of threw me off on how it's slightly not as crisp as I expected. Oh wow! And like I don't I don't want to say it bothered me, but it definitely like caught my attention multiple moments throughout the, throughout the movie where i'm like this is kind of like tough like I, this is weird i can't focus on it yeah like why is it why this is so, it blurry yeah that it, it, it hit me to that extent
11: i never
8: watched i still i yeah. still
10: fully like you know <laughs> uh you know soaked in the movie but there's definitely moments
11: the <laughs> only thing that like and i i hate that i've been like remember when we went to the joker and like when a door would open me and bowen were scanning the <laughs> aisles to see <laughs> if somebody was coming in to shoot it yeah, yeah. jesus yeah. i still have a little bit of that fucking no matter what movie i'm in the guys behind us, like, danger. I didn't. I didn't give them a good. I needed to give them a good enough like, eye, whatever, like eye beam, whatever. Figure out what they are, because uh, I, I just remembered seeing like, sketchy maybe when I sat down for the first time, and at the rest of the time I was like, whenever I'd hear a movement at the back, I was like listening for a click or something that would be like, <laughs> oh my gosh.
10: <laughs> Why are you so untru- untrusting of these people?
11: I, you just I, there's been enough movie theaters that got shot were threatened about getting shot mm-hmm. that I guess unless I'm seeing Clifford in the <laughs> movies I'm gonna be a little bit bummy of who's behind me. I guess
12: we should just go you all think, watch Clifford. You think the shooter like wants to watch a bit of a good movie first before he before he, before he starts? Yeah, only go to starts. good movies. <laughs> like I, I, that's why he's likely at Joker because he wants to see a bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You, just you always seem to. You always seem to fear the least likely things. You know. Yeah. No, that's fair. man. That, that that seems on brand for you.
10: That's gonna become. There's there's like some. I don't know if it's a stereotype, but uh, I've heard comments of people who are like oh i only like to sit in the corner of the room so i can see who's going in and out <laughs>
11: i i definitely like, don't
10: subscribe to that but i like the way. corner of the
11: room because you're kind of nestled snug. You're yeah snug, you're yeah. really snug but
10: well nevertheless yeah to back to your point yeah going to the movies was fun yeah it was nice to just be back there yeah. kind of yeah. felt regular yeah also everyone i had my mask on because i wasn't eating anything i was surprised you kept it on Honestly, but it was just everyone went everyone went a uh, future mask off you kept it
11: like you kept it you don't have to keep it on though
12: you're Malin, yeah. I guess you can. I wasn't eating though,
11: but you, I don't think you have to keep it on. Period. I don't know. I just you just did chose to. Sure. Uh, movie, was it was that a little bit off-putting? No, the no. fact that no, okay. no, no, no. I didn't even realize it. Like once yeah. you have it on for a while, it goes
10: away. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but the movie was awesome. And actually, I was thinking about it. Did I message you? I'm not even sure. I was thinking about it over the past few days. I'm yeah. like, that movie was fucking great. Yeah, no, Dude, I like, it. like yeah, it yeah. was really yeah. good. Yeah. Dude, you can't wait for the next one. There's a like, the next one, eh? A sequel. There's okay. three.
12: Yeah. Wow. Did you guys like the the viewing experience? Because what? Big screen, loudspeakers? Like, does, is that viewing experience better than the one you have at home? Well, I think
11: it's just as good as... It's just what I want to do. Okay. I, I want to be there.
12: You want to watch a movie? Yeah, at yeah, the theaters. Right. No, yeah. I, 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 I that makes sense. I actually, it's a, a, a purposeful outing. A couple of points to bring
10: up. That's a good question. Uh, a, you might have heard that, like, the 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 screen is what threw me off. Yeah. So, viewing experience... I still like, I still like a, a large screen. It just... I don't know. I get. I guess I got accustomed to not projector like viewing. Uh, speakers. That was great. Obviously, loud music is really big. And another thing I've, I've I've realized about what makes going to the movies is the 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 lights off, big screen speakers is the movies, right? And I started to realize I can incorporate a nice experience to anything at home too. Like there's a like when I use my computer at my home, I use it you know casually and however I might use it. But what's what's stopping me or anyone from like hell? Lights off, ambient lighting in the background. Good, good, good setup. Like, good. You can improve it to the good point sound where setup. we're going to sit down and it is an experience mm-hmm. in and of itself. You can you can take that to you can take that to your home couch, and then you can even go farther and doesn't even necessarily have to be necessarily have to be a, a movie viewing experience. You can pimp out your kitchen so that cooking in the kitchen feels like you're in a cooking show. Mm-hmm. You can pimp out your I don't know your work desk so that working feels like you're in a library. With money. Obviously, obviously, (laughs) money money is involved, but um, for example, fixing your work desk so it feels like you're at a library that's a sun lamp, 100 bucks. That's a desk, that's a desk plant, 20 dollars. And that's uh, a certain type of lighting, 30 bucks. That's
11: money that I'd say I won't have until I'm 40.
10: Desk lamp lighting? I I won't be
11: able to justify a desk lamp purchase until I'm 40, I think. A desk lamp's 20 bucks. Because it's just, it's not a good. You on, don't
12: care. You uh, just don't care about a desk lamp. I know <laughs> that's the difference.
11: But that's on a thing. young salary, it's just not a good purchase. <laughs> like for you, period. <laughs>
10: <laughs> no, I, I disagree. Because I live in my,
12: darkness. <laughs> <laughs>
10: yeah. And my point there was by changing by changing the environment, you can improve the experience, and by improving 100%. the experience, you can enjoy it more. And if you enjoy studying more, for example, you're likely to do more of it. That's just facts. Yeah, it's yeah, facts. Hand in hand, facts. hand in hand in hand.
12: That's facts.
11: I mean, that's just, not true. <laughs> that's just that's not true. That's <laughs> just not true. It's I enjoy sitting at my desk more. I'll enjoy procrastinating more. <laughs> I won't enjoy studying more. Okay. You enjoy golf more.
12: Why? Because you got a new set of irons. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was You'd your enjoy- totally different <laughs> things. <laughs> sure,
10: sure, sure.
12: <laughs> You'd enjoy your desk more if you got a new desk. <laughs> that would just, that's just facts, man. <laughs> <laughs> <That's just> not, <laughs> I'm
10: still so under the impression that, like, this, like, don't get me wrong, golf clubs definitely have improvements and there's definitely better ones than others, but at a certain level of player, it's also negligible.
11: No, it's, <laughs> yeah, they are dumb level differences.
10: Uh, sure, okay I, okay.
11: I will say that just because I did change clubs this year, and when I hit the ball well, I could see a significant difference in a lot of things. I went further, and that's the difference between, like, right off the rack. One of the like the cheapest clubs, sets of clubs they had, and like a mid-tier set set of clubs. So and yeah. it's, There's I understand, yeah.
12: But you're not going to sh- like shave strokes, I don't think, from getting new clubs.
11: I hit it further, and the ball flight was better. If I were playing better, more consistently, <laughs> then I would have shaved <laughs> if strokes. If I was
12: better, I would be better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes like sense. a good
11: day, a good day with bad clubs is still better than a bad day with good clubs. But okay, well. a good day with good I, clubs is better than a good day with bad clubs. I'd That's say. True.
10: I'd say. You can remove clubs from that equation. You just had a good day, or you had a bad day. I think it's two strokes. Unless you I think, have, I, 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 think great, I could get two strokes unless in the bag you Have great consistency, and therefore you're probably a really good player. You can find so much more out of a better club. Yeah, I think that's what it is right now. And yeah. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to. Oh no, 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 no,
11: no! It's fine. I'm still happy with the purchase. There you go. <laughs> and I didn't really spend any money. It was benefits back in the benefits. Days. Boom! Yeah, yeah. I remember that, dude. Like everything. Yeah, I don't know, but that's what I mean. Like that's why I couldn't buy a desk lamp because everything <laughs> costs fucking money. And it's like. This desk lamp, that's one one hundred thousandth of a down payment on a condo. So it's like, <laughs> boom, I can't afford it for that reason. Everything
12: is chipping away condo money.
11: Or fun money. Or fun money. And I don't want to give up either. <laughs> nice. So lamp
12: money is just going to have to wait.
11: Yeah. It's honestly like you don't really get to have fun doing any sort of purchase until you're 45.
12: Do you want
10: me to surprise you with something, Teddy? Sure. You know how expensive it is to... Actually, decorate your condo. (laughs) Your condo? Jesus Christ. Mine's gonna be pretty undecorated. Furnish it? Yeah. No, but even the most basic furnishing is very expensive.
12: Even IKEA down is a couple of racks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. IKEA
10: desk lamp, (laughs) 20 bucks, so you can see at night.
12: No,
11: the.
10: It comes with electricity. Oh, I see. Yeah. Comes with, it comes with electricity. It doesn't help. You
12: have, you have to pay for it. That's so
11: dumb. It doesn't even come with electricity.
12: Unless you switch
10: worlds to the no electricity world. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs>
11: What's it called? I still think, like, what I would furnish my condo with if I were to like, move in right now. Candles are cheap. No, definitely not those. Okay. So. Because they're renewing. You have to keep buying them. And your room smells weird. Uh, <laughs> but I would get, like table for the common room, chair in an L shape. That's expensive.
2: Wow. Couch in an L shape. Yeah. That's I'm expensive.
11: You're getting an L couch. <laughs> you're yeah, not getting it. But you're L vibing thing. if you have an L no, couch. No, for sure. You're big vibing, bro. I'm just like you're going to have to recoup the purchase. <laughs> That's what the modern woman I L get the okay, L okay. couch. Yeah, let's go. Um Jam. and then <laughs> and then big jack. Sorry. And then uh, <laughs> and then what's it called? Bed I think I can bring my own. Mine's probably still fine. Yeah. Fucking a few chairs. And that's what I need. I think you pretty much nailed it. Yeah, I think you got it. Sick, dude. Yeah, because they come with like an island already, probably. Yeah, probably. probably. They probably come with a table
12: probably. or some something. Put your plate down on. Nice. To nice. Eat.
11: That's good shit. Uh, This is so barren. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like at the end of the day, I've never really walked into a place and it looks weird when you don't have pictures on the wall. I will. I I agree with that. But I've never really been like I'm missing a picture on my wall.
10: So (laughs) no, but there's the difference between having a home that's lived in and having an L couch, a table, and a bed in your in your your (laughs) seating
12: area. Yeah, it's what's like the difference? It's like a,
11: yours is like a waiting room, and yeah, someone has a TV. No, well, I have a I have a plate left out. Now it's lived <laughs> in. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
10: well, actually, like. I can't necessarily knock you for it. It's expensive purchases. If people don't want to make expensive purchases, then for sure, more power to them. Save money.
11: Also, the good thing is my parents will be downsizing right at the exact same time I'm downsizing. So some extra. What a coincidence! (laughs) I need a couch. Yeah, perfect, man.
10: Yeah, you're gonna have to lug that uh, that downstairs couch upstairs again.
11: I know that was actually. Enjoy. It was actually one of like it, the it was it was two horribly unthought about things. One was our my basement had the worst setup in the world <laughs> where the fifth guy who got in was standing to hang out with me. And, in the past. In the past, yeah. yeah. And and my dad was like my dad's friend was like, Yeah, we have a like a leather sectional, we're getting rid of it. And my dad's like, We don't want that. Like and I was like, Dad, we want it. <laughs> and, and then uh That and, back door you have though, by your kitchen
10: makes the whole process so much easier because you can just Go straight out the back door. And
11: we didn't do that. We, <laughs> went, in, we went in through the front. Oh. So, <laughs> so wrong. And then my dad's like, oh, okay, Ted, can you take a, a, like a break from studying and do it? And I was like, yeah, I have five minutes. It takes like an hour. It's really hard it to move really around. takes a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit, man. But you got a sectional now. Mm-hmm. Sick. Sick.
12: Awesome. All right. I
11: still sit in the same chair.
12: Do we wrap? I think we wrap it up.
11: Okay. And uh, get our first victory. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. Soccer wins. Cam, oh, so, yeah. Cam tried to ver- like promise a win tonight. Wow. Which was a bold statement. Wow. We'll tell you guys next week. Uh, like when you leave the house, what do you think is gonna happen? Like win, score, anything. I mean, now I'm under the impression
12: we might not win. (laughs) I'm starting to get that sense, you know?
11: No, but like, what do you actually think when you leave the house?
12: What do you mean? I think I'm about to play soccer. I'm excited to play soccer. It's going to be a lot of hard work. I'm going to feel really exhausted. And it's probably going to be fun. I don't really care. I don't think a lot about winning or losing.
11: Okay. Because I'd say, like, I don't don't think about winning or losing at all either. Um, And I do tend to go, like fucking do skill moves tonight like do them today and then I get on the field and you just score so instead. oh fucking
12: yeah. lame shit
11: no when I get on the field and I get the ball I just get so bummy of like <laughs> fucking over a team that it's like yeah. that's the different and i think that that's the biggest psychological element of the thing is like when i play soccer i just try not to fuck up <laughs> rather than trying to do something good and trying not to fuck up means the best i can do is pretty bad and it's, <laughs> it's horrible yeah yeah that's it that's the difference team sports <laughs> yeah the don't fuck up mentality because <laughs> it's like if i'm just trying not to fuck up and on an individual team nice you shot 95 today like i'm it's trying fine. to score yeah,
10: like- yeah
12: yeah 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 <laughs>
10: Well, there you go. I guess we'll update them on uh, whether Ted fucked up or whether he did these moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, tune in next Fuckin week. Fucking up last out.
11: week led to a goal.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> All right, we're cutting that. See you guys. See you later. I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Vokasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earned you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home.
5: Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit Bacasa.com.
7: If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes.